important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you by J. Michael Fashion for Everyone. Uh, good morning, Sandy. Blake's birthday today. Oh. oh, my gosh, my fellow Leo brother. Good morning and happy birthday. I'm Friday, as you probably know. Yes. I do know, but did you Exciting remember it was mine today? Exciting times. Did you remember it was mine today? No, I didn't. Well, <laughs> Thank look, you. This wasn't helpful? <laughs> the party happened. Oh, well, yeah. Now, now that's that's super helpful. Yes. Okay, and I don't know if you can see. Let me just give you a quick tour uh, of the deck. There you go. Happy birthday. Yeah, I mean, it is faced this way. Yeah, and that, for those of you listening on the radio, we're, we're panning the uh, the camera yes. in the studio for uh, the live feed on. Uh, oh, my gosh. So yeah. awesome. What's going on on yeah. Lake's birthday? What are headlines today besides, uh, you know, it being mm-hmm. my birthday? Well, um, that's obviously the biggest headline, folks. So make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of that, um, we've got. Let's try to keep it positive today on Blake's birthday. Let's see. Yeah, Humane Society um, looking for some volunteers. They're in desperate need of volunteers. Uh, They have said that they're seeking people to carry out um, various duties at the shelter, as they're currently short-staffed. So if you're able to assist with the little puppies and little kitties, they're so cute. Oh, my God. yeah. Yeah. They need help in the adoption room, cleaning up puppy cages, um, the quarantine room, you know, giving them a break from their cages. Who doesn't want to play with a puppy or a little kitty? Like, come on. Uh, giving them a bath, um, helping with the litter boxes, feeding time, laundry, just general stuff. Please contact the Humane Society. Um, you know, they've also got an ongoing raffle, so you can help from a financial perspective. Tickets are a hundred dollars and you're able to win a grand prize of 50 grand. So that's not too shabby. Wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, contact the Humane Society. They really, really need the help at this time. Yep. Yeah. So all right. Um, you know, Miles would like a cat. I'm just afraid that the cat would scratch up our furniture. How do you keep them from doing that? Uh you Ray give Lotto. them a scratching post. What do you do? You give them a post that's designated for them, yeah. and I think they kind of learn that this is their spot. Yeah, I have mm. a couple scratching yeah. posts around those cardboard and things. And that works? Yeah, I put it my, because one of the cats got my new uh, chair. Mm. Yeah, that was not good. I was able to fix it, but ooh. That's yeah, no, now they're not doing it again. Oh, here you go. You just a spray bottle with some vinegar in yeah, it. It's, when you it's, the price, it's the price you pay when you love a kitty. Mm-hmm. I've had cats all um, my whole life, and it doesn't. Yeah, really I'm a I'm a dog person, but yeah. maybe, I have know. two cats and a dog, oh. all adopted here on island. I'm a cat and dog person. I used to have cats. We have a dog. I'm a menagerie. I want a, a menagerie machine. I want a goat. <laughs> a goat? Oh no! Uh, we would like no, chickens. No, no, no. Wait, yeah. some eggs. Not a not a good idea. Not a good so idea. Good. You can get little uh, little peepees <laughs> at uh, Department of Ag. Huh? They bring them in, like in. In peepers. crates. Yeah, peepers. Like real ones. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You don't need those. Why? Because yeah. they're just everywhere all over the no, island you gotta, in the first place. You gotta get, you got to get fresh ones. You know Listen, guys, that's the only semi-good news story this morning. Everything everything else is kind of sad. Can we not right, well, let's move on. Thanks. We, we'll, yeah. we'll let, we'll you, let go you do then. that. Yeah, don't, don't, you know, we're here to celebrate, Blake, and, you know. Sounds Let's good. keep it positive. So, what do you got planned for your birthday celebrations? Dinner? We're gonna do uh, gonna do a little grill out, and I think we're gonna take uh, our, our guy bowling. 
today for the, nice. for the first time. So wow, can you hold yeah. a bowling ball yet? I, I, no, they got, I, they've got I, little I lighter ones. Have you taken uh, G bowling? Um, she's been there. I don't know that she's actually participated per se because she's okay. like really tiny. So a bowling ball for her would be like picking up a whole person. Yeah, <laughs> so, and they do have the lighter ones yeah. there, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. All right, we'll have a great Good day, time. and we'll celebrate you on Friday. Awesome. But we'll, we'll see you tomorrow for the yeah. Thursday headlines. All righty. All right, folks. Buenos dias. Como estas? Getting ready now for our start time on the radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, 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 no. Oh, what? Hold on. Nope. All right, hold on a second, folks. Hmm. Give me one good second here. Just find something. Uh, nope. Not working for me. All right. Stand by, folks. Beautiful day in paradise. Happy Wednesday. Hump day Wednesday. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live direct it's the cold hard truth now now join the conversation on 345-936-2626 that number again is Good morning, good morning, beautiful folks. Happy Wednesday. Hey, 
Wagwan, Wagwan. What a lovely day in the Cayman Islands. Hope everybody's doing fantastical. What's shaking? Everybody's good? Everybody's happy? Well, you may not be happy, but if you are healthy, guess what? That's all that really matters. Yeah, sort of. Happy, healthy, and you can pay a few bills. Because that's what we're all working for. <laughs> good morning, Cayman. How is everyone? Let me see who's here with me. We're going to talk about a few things. We've got the minimum wage folks on at 7 o'clock. Um, they're gearing up their campaign. They're sliding into the final tidbit. So if you've been complaining about minimum wage, whether you're an employee, employer, volunteer worker, somewhere in between, retiree, if you have an opinion on minimum wage, this is going to be your time to let your voice be heard. Don't sit back and say nothing and do nothing. And then uh, expect that, you know, the outcome is going to be what you are desirous of. You got to participate. So they're coming on at eight o'clock this morning to tell us what's going on and how you can participate. I'm bitten up by mosquitoes all over my legs. I put on my head net this morning, so that was kind of good. I don't have any bite marks, at least this region. And let me put the word out there. I'm looking for a mis uh, mosquito color. Yeah, I'm looking for that too. But I'm actually looking for chicken culling facilities. Anybody who can cull some chickens for me, please give me a call. I want someone who can do it in the most humane way possible. Um, but we got a lot of chickens in the neighborhood and I'd like for them to be rounded up and taken away. You got a chicken farm, you got a chicken adoption program, you're looking to make some extra money frying chicken. <laughs> Give me a call. Let's see what we can work out because these chickens are next level ridiculous that are in the neighborhood. In fact, I saw something this morning that quite frankly, I never thought that I would see. I saw a chicken attach and bully an agouti. Yeah, how weird is that? So the little agouti was there minding his own business. And here comes this chicken, pushes him practically in the road, and the agouti took off running. I was like, ooh, honey, chill. You chickens are salty. Really rude. Y'all must be related or working for those people at Palm Heights. No, sir. No, we're not going to tolerate that in this neighborhood. We will get rid of you <laughs> real fast. Um, anyway, the Palm Heights saga, I'm not going to talk about them today, but it keeps giving. And I've come into some information that when I do disclose it in the coming days, you guys are going to be shocked. When I say criminals and breaking the law, nothing short of it. And I, I'm not even using the word allegedly this morning. Criminals and breaking the law. Trust and believe me, this one's going to knock your socks off. But because I've given it to the authorities, I'm going to give them a little bit of time. I'm not giving you forever, WRC. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to do what you need to get do. Because this is now a criminal offense. And somebody needs to be arrested. And as far as I'm concerned, somebody actually needs to go to jail. Mm. I'm going to leave it there and have nothing further to say. But trust me. Wow. The people keep reaching out to me about Palm Heights. And you know what? Continue to reach out. Tell me everything you have, because some of it is just criminal and shocking, like I've said. Anywho, um, <laughs> the management team yesterday, apparently they had a management group, a WhatsApp management group. They have now erased themselves from the group. They have dissolved the group. 
um, because I'm assuming that that's where they thought I got their phone numbers from yesterday. So I got word that after yesterday's show, they deleted the department's group chats, which had all of the boss's phone numbers. Oh, we can find your phone number, honey child. You're not going to worry about that. Why y'all running? Really? Shows you the kind of people they are. Stay tuned. They're the gift that keeps on giving and not in a good way. All right, folks. Um, somebody else is saying, if you find somebody to call chickens, let me know. Yes, I will most certainly do that. Um, Michelle uh, Sykes says, good morning. I have been in Cayman almost a month. I'm leaving for New York later today and I had fun. I've seen all the changes since I've been since I was here back in 2018. Well, safe uh, journey, you're leaving, when are you leaving? Oh, later today. Safe journey and flight back to uh, Nueva York um, and come back, don't wait so long next time. Yeah, lots of changes. Miss Winita, good morning. Diamond Princess is here. Irvlin, Leroy, power uh, liking, power licking, power liking. <laughs> good morning. Dion is here. Wee Wee, Debbie, Patricia, Stephen, Miss Stephanie, good morning, Stephanie Brooks, Marshall, Keisha, Michael Ventura's in the house, Everton is here, Olivia, Paul, Strong Wilt, how you doing, honey, jail? Leroy says, gather around for class, people, grab a folding chair. <laughs> Story time with Sandy. Well, yes, uh, what a hot mess. Um, mm-hmm. Juanita, first ladies in the house. Uh, Georgette says, buenos dias, gente bella. Buenos dias, como estas? Debbie, Felicia, Damien is here. <laughs> Those chickens are out of order. One chased me the other day to take my food. Wow. Seriously? <laughs> um, grab their passports or they be phone. Are you talking about the chickens? Chickens? They'd be gone? Who? The oh, you mean the criminal, the, the people over at Palm Heights? Mm, I reckon they don't really seem to care. They don't really have enough sense to run. Nathan, good morning. Lucille says uh, keep your phone on for call tonight at the candlelight for Andy. And oh, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Miss Nikki, good morning to you. Joining us from Vero Beach, Florida. Hey. Lizette, Yasmin, Barbara. All right, let's get into it because we've got guests coming in. So, you know, CMR reports on all sorts of different news. Um, sometimes we report on <clears throat> like court cases, court filings, you're being sued by somebody and you end up in, in the news. I want to just tell people, please do yourselves a favor. Uh, don't message me. Don't call me and um, make any sort of request about move, removing articles because it simply isn't going to happen, right? If there is something erroneous about an article, then certainly by all means, you can say, you know, um, this bit is wrong and provide your proof. You can't just say it. You say it and you provide your proof and then we'll go, okay. Court filings are very, very simple, folks. You're being sued by somebody. They have to lay out normally, depending on the type of lawsuit, exactly why they're suing you. And um, it is what it is. That's news. Yeah. Don't message me telling me that your court filing is a personal matter. If it was a personal matter, it wouldn't be in the news. Hmm. Even when you owe people money and you refuse to pay people and they call us, you guys know we have done numerous shows. People owed money. 
uh, <clears throat> rental deposits, whatever. And they call us and they provide evidence of the money that's owed, conversations, whatever. That's a matter that's going to be in community news. What I suggest you do, instead of calling us after the article's up, I'm going to make a recommendation. And if you had any good sense, you're going to listen very, very carefully here this morning. What you do is you do not find yourself where you owe people money. Hmm, pretty simple, isn't it? Yes, honey chill. Just pay people what you owe them and you will find that you won't be in any kind of news on CMR. Okay? So yesterday, Renee did a story. She did a couple court stories. Nothing unusual about it. And uh, one of them involved a young man by the name of, let me see what his name is now. His name is Rashad Jervis. There he is. Um, Montessori del Sol, which is, this is the one that's off of Walker's Road, is suing him for non-payment of school fees. Okay. So their legal documents, which are a matter of public record, not a, and it's not a personal matter. Don't message me talking foolishness about this is a personal matter. It is not a personal matter. Anybody can have access to court documents if you wish. So everybody crystal clear on how this works? All right. So honey child, you owe people money. They give you a chance. According to them, they've been chasing this guy, um, you know, for quite some time now. And he's refusing to pay. They've tried to give him a payment plan, all sorts of stuff. And he just is not paying the $5,490 that um, they are owed. And so they've had enough and they filed their lawsuit. Well, um, the interesting thing about Montessori um, del Sol is, you know, I guess they've been contacted by the parties involved and they sent us an email saying, oh, well, you know, we're just trying to get our money back. We're not trying to embarrass any money. If, if you don't want your business out there, then don't file a lawsuit. It is a Montessori del Sol. I don't know who's running the operations over there. It is a matter of public record. Hmm? Simple? Yes? That's just how it works. So please do not be um, sending me any sort of correspondence about, you know, now that they've contacted you, that you want this stuff taken down. It's not going to be taken down. And we have said to them, the irony of it is people have a way of uh, once they, they make the news, which by the way, Montessori Dosol, we probably just assisted you in getting your money back. <laughs> in all honesty, even a lawsuit, there will be people who will ignore those and that's not going anywhere. So, you know, by him now being in the public eye, uh, you might actually have a chance of getting your money back. Although given the amount of people that he owes, I think you might as well just write that off on what I'm hearing. You guys are going to be salt. Get your judgment just in case he ever comes into any money again, but you ain't getting your money back because apparently he has a long history of owing people money with a don't care nonchalant attitude. So Rashad, um, this is Montessori saying, oh, we're writing in regards to the recent post regarding Mr. Rashad Jervis and Montessori Dissel. Please note that the claim for payment for outstanding fees was filed discreetly. 
Who runs Montessori del Sol? Clearly, they don't have anything called understanding of the legal process or even common sense. A, a court claim filed discreetly with the court. And how, how, did, how did you make it discreet exactly? Because it is a matter of public record. And the information was at no time shared outside of her school leadership organization, as it involves a private matter relating to a child. Huh? As an educational institution, we seek to ensure confidentiality as it pertains to our students, past and present, and as such a requesting that the post be removed immediately. Well, your request has been denied. <laughs> Fortwith. In fact, th this is, gives me an opportunity to pull out my gavel here this morning. Um, denied, Your Honor. <laughs> Give me a break. First of all, once you're involved in court proceeding, proceedings, whether it's civil or criminal, there's no such thing as discreet. The court recognizes that in very, very limited circumstances, and when I say limited, I do mean um, like child-related matters, they get the benefit of um, you know, being anonymous in the court system. Divorces up to a certain point. So when you file your divorce, we can see the names of the divorce parties. At one time, it actually used to be the case where the entire divorce filing was made available. You know, the Cayman Islands is what we call um, other places like the United States, most places in the United States are no fault divorces. So they don't care what you did and why you are where you are. You just say, hey, irreconcilable differences, whatever. We just can't make it no more. File your divorces and that's it. Here in this jurisdiction, you still have to prove, and there are, I think, seven or eight grounds under which you can file your divorce. And you actually have to pick a ground. And one of the grounds that you have to pick is essentially you have to place blame on the other party. You have to say, you know, I'm divorcing them because they were cheating, they were doing this, they were spending my money irresponsibly. Like you need to tell the court, you need to justify to the court why you want a divorce. So it's not a no claim system even for divorces. And as such, um, you know, People get to see those filings. So now what they do online with the divorces is they'll just show you the name of the parties and they'll just say it's a divorce application. However, as in, as in the case with, there was a guy by the name of, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name now. Hold on. He was claiming um, fraud. Oh yes, here we go. I had to look him up. His name is Rick, Ricardo Watts. Remember him? Um, Jamaican fella, he was claiming fraud from his uh, wife. And the most interesting thing about this is making a fraud application. That is one of the grounds, but it's highly unusual for somebody to claim that they've been defrauded into marrying someone. So it is one of the grounds in which you can actually get an annulment. So you can get an annulment based on fraud, misrepresentation, and you can also get one based on um, if you've never consummated the marriage. Matthew Leslie, that's how his wife filed for divorce, I think. Filed for her annulment. The marriage was never consummated. There you go. Um, but yeah, so this guy, you know, uh, did a fraud application for his divorce. And in that case, the judge who is now, who heard the case, who is now uh, Chief Magistrate Ramsey Hill, actually issued a written judgment. So when you issue a written judgment, again, that is something that is uploaded online and is available for the public. So I'm trying to educate you all. Um, there's no such thing as a discrete filing <laughs> when you file it with the uh, judicial system. That's not how it works, folks. 
people most oftentimes um, can come into court and they can actually see, you know, everything. In fact, on the court system, it's under the heading public registers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means that every time you're sued, you can go and I'm going to show y'all what it looks like, just in case you don't know. It's called a public register for a reason because it's in the public domain. So I would invite you to not uh, send such foolishness to me again if you really, um, you know, <laughs> have any sense. So here it is, public registers. This is what it looks like. You can come here. You can look at judgments. So these are all the judgments. August 11th is the last one that was updated. Um, determination of application for leave to appeal. This is a company liquidation. Um, you can sort it. So here's a divorce, a civil proceeding. Partition Act application for partition and sale jointly owned property. So this is Hubble versus Hubble. So I can go in. I can literally click on this document, folks. Look at this. Um, the, I must tell you the website always comes up with these little errors. But anyway, I can click on it. Uh, maybe. Sometimes it works. <laughs> but you should be able to click on it and you can actually read the document. And in fact, big shout out to um, Chief Justice Ramsey Hill. Uh, she has now made these documents free before you had to pay for the service to get access and turn around and actually pay to, um, you know, have it, uh, have access to the individual documents as well. I don't know why this one keeps giving an error message, but um, you can click on them and then get access to them. You can sort them by criminal cases, like here's Grand Court. So here's one, for example, Her Majesty the King versus McPherson, Orville Anthony. You've got Canova Watson and Bruce Blake. You've got R versus Stephanie Beckford. This was a sentencing, Section 225 of the Penal Code. Child Cruelty, United Kingdom Sentencing Guidelines. Ooh, child cruelty. Why is this giving an error message? Fail to fetch. All right, I might have to refresh this page. But, um, oh, this is interesting. What is that one about? You see, this is what happens. You come in here and you're like, hmm, R.V. Mendez is Fernando Mendez, criminal indictment. Um, that was in March. Oh, application to dismiss. So he had his application partially. Um, basically, he's going to trial. So you've got all these different cases here. You know, you can do it by um, civil court of appeal and so on. You can search the registry. So this now, this is the area for everything that is like filed, right? So we have a plaint that was filed yesterday, um, Cornerstone Properties Limited with Jason McLean and Stanley Hurlston. Don't know who those two parties are, but all you have to do is click right there if the website was working today. And um, it would actually bring up what they're in court for. Um, divorce application. So here's a Charlene Carrie-Ann Hurlston and Sean DeSouza. Um, they're being sued. You've got application for special leave. This is a uh, um, somebody who's deceased, so this has to do with estate matters. Another divorce application, Matthew Pearson and Bernice T.M. Kerr. Uh, Plaint Stewart Broadbelt is suing William Lloyd. Um, you see all the banks suing people. So here's Proven Bank suing Desmond Anthony Miller. These are all a matter of uh, public record, folks, right? Um all you have to do is click on them and you can see exactly why the bank is suing and they're going to say in their application. I don't know what's going on with the website this morning. Sometimes it gives a lot of error messages, but what I'll do is I'll, um, 
I will. Oh, wait a minute. It's given an error message, but then on the next screen, it's been opening up. Oh, Lord. I'll just close all of these. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> my apologies. So, yeah. So, anybody can go and have a look. Mm-hmm. That's just how it looks. So, if you're interested in going and have a look, please, by all means, it's your free right to do so. Nobody can stop you from looking. You go to the judicial website. Um, you just click on judicial.ky. There you go. Going to give you a little lesson on how this works here this morning. And then you can scroll down to public. You see what it says, public registers? There you go, electronic court searches. And then you go to access the public register. Then there you are, you're in, bam. Search the register, you can search decisions that are reported the Cayman Islands Law Report. Um, and then essentially here's Leland Mirage versus Garfield Joseph Brown. I don't know what they're suing each other for. So the person who's suing, their name is always first. Oh, I see what it's doing. It's opening up in another screen. Yeah, so you just open it up. I'll show you guys here now. And then let me move this screen over. There we go. So you open it, and then there's a lawsuit. Proven Bank, formerly known as Fidelity Bank and Desmond Anthony Miller, and they tell you this is why we're suing him. The plaintiff, they tell you who they are, Class A Bank, blah, blah, blah. They, uh, pursuant to credit facility letter dated the 2nd of November, 2020, and the promissory note of the same date, the plaintiff agreed to advance the defendant $11,000 plus interest thereon at the rate of 14% per annum to be repaid by monthly installments over a term of 36 months. In breach of the loan agreement, the defendant failed to pay the monthly installments as and when due, and accordingly, the plaintiffs by its attorneys issued a formal demand letter in April of 2023 which was personally served on the defendant on April the 13th, demanding payment within seven days. He still didn't pay, failed to comply with the formal demand letter and suffered the plaintiff suffered loss and damage as a result. And they're now seeking the sum of $8,785.84 under the loan agreement comprised of the principal amount. And then they say what their interest is. So there you go. That's just how it works. So Mr. Miller, you know, you're getting sued by the bank. Um, nothing, you know, uh, secret about the process and how it works. Now, in relation to this young man, I'm, I'm going to say something to him because I want to give him a little bit of advice. Um, when he first went up, someone said to me, wow, Sandy, I'm going to tell you exactly what they said. <laughs> they were surprised that it took so long for him to end up on CMR. Uh, th this is what they said. They said, <laughs> I mean, I was like, what a hot mess. They said, um, uh, I'm surprised that he didn't end up on Mall Road sooner. The amount of people that he owes and companies too. I bet you anything, uh, he's going to have more people, you're going to have more people contacting you about him since your post. He's a scammer and good with his words. And I was like, oh, um, at first I thought they were talking about the article about, um, uh, what's the other one called? Um, medical, Royale Medical. And I said, oh, but we've done him a couple of times. They said, no, 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 not him. Um, this guy, Rashid or whatever his name is. So they says he owes a bag of money uh, to people and always got some story. Mm -hmm. um, and then they go on to say he's very, very secretive, stays off of social media, uh, worse because he owes so many people money. <laughs> a lot of times they can't find him. And so, uh, yep, they said his, uh, listen, when you're, once you're in the news, people start to talk your business. 
So then they're saying, oh, yeah, his wife got fired from Maples FS. He used to work for Maples and Calder and was fired from there as well. But he recently got a job at Maples FS. And so they understand that they were that she was fired for owing people money. And they came there and made a, a scene at work. And they go on to say he's a chess high boy. I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. What a mess. They said, yep, he's a mess and owe people money, even the loan to payday people. <laughs> so he's going and borrowing from them. Bought a Benz or BMW, one of them, can't remember, and stopped paying the insurance and the loan. His mother-in-law gave him the house at free and clear. And then he uh, was looking to take a bank loan out against that as well so that he could start up some business, he claimed. Listen, when you're this bad with your finances, um, people are going to know. So Monticeri do Sol, you guys are not the only ones. In fact, somebody reached out and said, Sandy, I just saw this story. He owes me over $10,000 too, which he borrowed and put up his house as collateral. I've been, patiently, I've been patiently waiting, but now I see this. I'm starting to feel like, oh, I might have to do the same thing. I might have to file some papers as well. Since you know the law, what do you recommend me doing? His house has a lien in it in my name. Well, you may, but you may not be the only person that has a lien, and that's a very dangerous thing. Don't think just because someone shows up, um, they, and what I understand he does, uh, this is why the person was saying his melt kind of sweet, is he'll offer you really high interest. Like, oh, you know, I want to borrow 20 grand. I'll pay you, you know, 20% interest. Do not fall for it. When you see someone with that level of desperation, that means that number one, they can't go to a traditional bank and pay less interest because as bad as the banks are, they're not charging you 20% interest on a loan. And this guy has such poor credit, he can't even go to the loan to payday people either, right? So he's coming to you out of desperation. Oh, put a lien on my house. You know how difficult it is for you to action a lien on somebody's house? I'm just saying. The courts are not likely to force somebody to sell their house in order to satisfy your lien of $20,000. So be very, very, very careful when you decide to engage with people who think that, you know, oh, just throw a lien in my house and it's all good. You're setting yourself up for a situation. What do I recommend since I know the law? Go to small claims court. If it's a little bit over $10,000, you can do a small claims procedure. It's $25 to file the paperwork. We have given the um, paperwork previously, very, very easy, well, relatively easy to do. Um, the documentation, which is available on the, um, uh, I think it's the Ombudsman's office now. Uh, it used to be the information secretariat or whatever, but it's available on their website and it's a step-by-step -step manual on how to file in small claims court. That's what you should do. Because for $10,000, it doesn't make any sense for you to go to an attorney because attorney fees are going to eat up all that money. So, you know, have your proof together of the fact that um, he owes you the money and then you're good to go. All right, folks. So good morning to Miss Barbara. Um, that's all I can say about that situation. Good morning, Miss Morna. She says she's present for class this morning. Um, so good to see you, Debbie. Uh, Doral, so good to see you. Marshall says, <laughs> scandal and Matthew Leslie. How could he have consumed the consummated the marriage when he doesn't have any... Sir, behave yourself in class today. Ethel, Alejandro, Ervalyn, good morning to you. Um, so we'll talk about Royal Medical after our guests because that's another hot mess of a situation. You guys know that we've had them on the program before. So we'll talk about that around 8.30. In the meantime, let us switch gears and talk about minimum wage. 
So this is an extremely important discussion, folks, in the community. Everybody has an opinion, one way or the other, about minimum wage. And now is your time, your opportunity to ensure that your voice is heard. Because the minimum wage committee is putting together all of their recommendations and they want this to be a participatory process. All right. So we have Miss Maureen and Catherine. Oh, Maureen, I know I'm going to get your name wrong, but take take your mic off for me. Miss Maureen at Nabi. Nabi. <laughs> and Catherine Wells uh, joining us this morning to tell us since what they've been up to since the last time we saw the minimum wage committee. So good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Thanks for having us on again. Yes. Minimum wage committee has been up to a lot. Uh, yep. I don't know where to start, but I guess just to remind people what the, the purpose is of the yes. committee. Um, so we've been put together. It's 18 people from all across the community to mm-hmm. get what the next minimum wage should be for the Cayman Islands. And mm-hmm. The key thing that we've been asked to look at when we determine what that next minimum wage is, is to protect those who could be exploited, right? Yeah. Those people against honestly unduly low pay. Um, and so the committee has taken a lot of actions in, in doing that. I guess, Catherine, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the some of the work we've done over the last couple of months since Mr. Hurlston and I were on? Sure. Well, over the last couple of months, many of you may have been visited by a representative from the Economic and Statistics Office. Um, they may have came to your house similar to what a census worker would have done and uh-huh. you know, asked you a plethora of questions, including what you think the minimum wage should be. So that took place. And then our economics and statistics office also sent out business surveys to a lot of the business community alone, where they were getting the input and data from businesses, so employers. Then we, on our end, the minimum wage committee and the research methodology subcommittee, we sent out four different surveys to the public, which they were, Mr. Hurlston and Moraine here had, you know, pushed on our, your show, as well as numerous other radio shows to get the public involved and on our Facebook page and Instagram page. you know, we sent those out to the public and we are extremely pleased with the participation that we received. The surveys are now closed, but we received over 5,000 respondents. Yeah, Um, we're really excited. I mean, 5,000 responses for a public survey. Anyone who's done a survey out there knows that it's it's hard to get that kind of um, that kind of response. But thanks to shows like yours and, and other people in the community, there, we really raised the profile that this is a, such an important issue. Um, and just so people know, you know, one of the things that we keep coming across is, oh, this is a this is a topic that only impacts, mm-hmm. or it doesn't impact humans. It only it you know impacts expats. Mm-hmm. The surveys we got back, pretty much 50-50 across the board in terms of responses, were between Caymanians and residents. So we feel like. We've gotten a good cross-section of information from people on what their perspectives are, what their comments are, what they think should be considered uh, when we determine the next minimum wage. But that's just, you know, no one part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, Sandy, last time we were on, you asked us if we had any sort of, you know, tidbits of information. Um, And so we're still doing the analysis. You know, we just closed Mm -hmm. about a week ago. But what we can say is that 
between the four groups. So that's business employers, business employees, um, actually yeah, five groups, general public, household employees, household employers. Four of those groups all came to the same conclusion on average of what uh -huh. they, the dollar value should be. Now I can't mm -hmm. share what that dollar value is yet, but okay. show you, you know, people in general across businesses, households, and the general public are pretty much on the same page about, about what they think that next number should be. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna take that as a committee and look at the economics and statistics uh, information and try to come up with something in between. But mm -hmm to see that and uh you know the the other bit that came through was when people are asked about what factors should be considered mm -hmm. important when we're trying to determine that next minimum wage everybody agreed that cost of living was the top one that should be considered mm -hmm. um not a surprise right based on a lot of the yeah. conversations having and you've been hearing on your show as well um, you know, and then of course, education, skill level, age, those all kind of fall underneath mm -hmm. one across the board is agreeing. We need to increase it. Uh, I think it was like 97% of yeah. respondents said we need to increase it. Um, and about, you know, the good majority all agreed at sort of what they felt was a reasonable amount. So that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. I mean, I'm curious, but <laughs> we're going to have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> So the report is being drafted now and the report is due to be submitted to the government at the end of September. Okay. Uh, at time, we may be able or be given permission by the government to then mm -hmm. share yeah. a lot of our yeah. findings and results with the public or they may share it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, due the end of September. So it's shortly, it's as soon as we blink, it's going to be here. So <laughs> yes. don't, don't, you know, keep breathing, but it's coming. Uh, but also that, you know, the main reason why we are here today in in conjunction with sharing what we've been doing, mm -hmm. we push for the town hall that is being hosted tonight. Mm -hmm. So we're right. town hall at the Sir Basil Johnson uh, Hall at the UCCI campus. Mm -hmm. So anyone who, you know, has a time tonight, we really encourage you to come out, share your thoughts, share your feelings, you know, share experiences if you need to. We're also going to, you know, be touching on what we're touching on here, you know, sharing with the public, anyone who hasn't mm -hmm. been up with it, you know, on social media, taking the survey. If they haven't taken the survey, we'll still take, you know, the information that they're willing to give and share at the town hall meeting and answer questions as well. Right. But do we, did we ever get, I mean, I know last time you didn't have some of this information available, uh, Maureen, but did you ever get any, like, like, I, again, want to know what the minimum wage earner looks like. Did we get any information on that? You know, sex, age, um, nationality, work permit holder, Caymanian, anything? Yeah. So economic okay. has produced that report for us. Now, um, I guess there's certain sectors that it wouldn't be a surprise, right, that pop mm. up talk about the average minimum wage earner. Um, you know, uh, I would have to go back and, and pull up that report to give you the specifics, but that will all be included in, in mm -hmm. tonight at the meeting if if there's somebody there and if you're able to attend, Sandra. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll have a representative from the ESO who can speak more candidly about that. Um, right. It's mine for me, but the sectors that you would expect are the ones that um, mm -hmm. come up. When it comes to the, you know, the conversation around, oh, will it impact Caymanians? Will it impact mm -hmm. 
hats. The ESO has done, you know, a, a an estimate, I guess, of the number of people uh, in the country that it will impact if we change mm -hmm. this dollar value versus that dollar value. Um, but I think until we, as a committee, which in the next couple of weeks is going to happen, come up with that new number, we can't yet say, oh, this is the number of Caymanians mm -hmm. that will be impacted, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's been some talk from both the, the minister, who is the minister for our committee, um, other people in the community, that it isn't going to impact Caymanians. One of the places where... Of course it will. <laughs> No, exactly. Because a lot of Caymanians are employers, especially in the domestic field. Yeah. So I think that that's where it's going to have. And I don't know that a lot of people who, you know, are talking about this discussion even consider the fact that it will definitely have an impact on you there because maybe you don't fall in the minimum wage um, category. So it's not going to impact you in the earning side, but it will impact you as a employer who has a domestic helper because now you're going to have to pay more. Exactly. That's exactly it. And, you know, we have a great representative, uh, Stafford Berry, on the committee for the Small Business Association. And when you look up of small businesses in Cayman, they are majority Caymanian owned. And those businesses are voicing their concerns, too, that, you know, they've made clear that if it goes above X number, you know, they're going to have to make decisions like businesses will about... Mm -hmm staff, changing their business model, adjusting, you know, uh, made some suggestions on should we allow for particular businesses that maybe don't have a gratuity scheme right now to mm -hmm. scheme. So right now the committee is entertaining all of that, but I, I'm glad that you are reinforcing the idea mm -hmm. that change to minimum wage will impact everybody. Everybody. Yep, yeah, for sure. Uh, Debbie says, how do they determine minimum wage when grats are included? Yeah, so what's interesting is that um, one thing I learned being on the committee, I didn't know that before, is that every company that has a um, has gratuities included in income for staff has to submit a gratuity scheme. Um, mm -hmm. They actually have to produce a report to DLP on a regular basis. I think it's monthly or something like yeah. that, more monthly mm -hmm. or to say this is the percentage, you know, of of our base pay where gratuities are being used. So yeah. the allowance is twenty five percent of a person's minimum wage salary can mm. be pulled from gratuities. Yeah. Now the other thing that I think you had um, you had Sita on your show a little while ago. Yes, they broke it down. Troy Leacock broke it down for us, which is quite yeah. interesting. Between gratuity tips, that's another one that trips up a lot of people, including myself. Yeah. Where you, you know, gratuities is what's included on your bill. Tips is what is not included in any sort of calculation. It's a over the over the counter, you know, yeah. handoff to a particular person. So that's not recorded anywhere. But gratuities is recorded and reported to DLP, and they monitor that on a regular mm -hmm. basis to try to make sure that everyone's getting paid fairly. Yeah. Right. All right. We do have a caller in the line. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Hi, good morning. Um, good morning, um, Catherine. Good morning, Sandra. Um, I didn't get the other lady's name. I do apologize. Miss Maureen. Um, I've been, hi, hi, Marie. I've been tuned into this and actively um, listening to the minimum wage discussions, not just here on CMR, but happening everywhere, even in supermarkets. And I, I, I hear, you know, and I, I, for one, I'm not going to be here saying that that the, the current wage that we are at is, is workable by, by any means. Um, and 
I also don't have the answers, but I hear people, I hear the minimum wage committee always banging on about what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sandra said, and I have been calling in since this competition has started um, with respect to domestic helpers. I, I employ a domestic helper um, mm-hmm. at the moment, even, um, even at, the, at her current rate, she would be even above what I understand to be the planned increase of the minimum wage. And I, I don't know, quite frankly, because it seems like everybody's always putting the cart before the horse. Nobody goes out and has these discussions we, we, um, with the people who it's going to impact. And this is not me. And I want to be absolutely clear saying that um, they don't deserve a raise or that, that that's not what I'm saying. There's never, in my opinion, a holistic approach or a holistic view to these changes. Who it will impact most and how it will be impacted mm-hmm. as it stands. A person in my, or right now, my helper is above the current minimum wage and above what the what I understand to be the proposal increase. Mm-hmm. So, how will your how will the new proposal help her? It won't because I'm not going to increase her salary. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I am currently paying what I can afford, which is above the current rate. Um, you know, that said, there are other people like me who are just able to make the current minimum wage, mm-hmm. not having a helper. They may be a single, they may be a single parent um, for a host of reasons. And I do agree and accept that having a helper, a nanny, whatever you want to call it, is a luxury. I will say that. For mm-hmm. a working professional like myself, who I'm parenting basically alone, not having a domestic helper is not an option. However, if you guys or the minimum wage, whoever wants to take the blame, decides to put this at a rate that is completely unreachable for Caymanian families, mm-hmm. let me be clear, I'm not discriminating against any other family, but the focus needs to be on the Caymanian family because in my opinion, that's going to be who is most impacted or affected. Everyone else has the option of leaving, going somewhere else. Mm. We don't. We don't. Me not having a helper means me not being able to get to work. Means I potentially become a burden told the social services welfare. Where are those considerations? And then there's this talk about implementation of taking pension from these people's salary. I'm not going to foot the pension bill. I'm just saying that now. Mm-hmm. No employee will. Not at a minimum. Not 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 because it's a minimum wage worker. Simply because we can't afford it. Our mm-hmm. backs are up against the wall. Where is the consideration for that? And that said, who is the increase of minimum wage helping? We are going to put these people back even farther mm-hmm. than where they currently are. Simply because people, the people that are shouting increase the minimum wage, increase the minimum wage. Haven't, been, haven't even been educated enough to understand the true implication, the true economic fallout of this. Mm. But what I don't hear you guys telling people is that when we make a national minimum wage, it is across the board. The gas pump attendant will be making that minimum wage. The cashier mm-hmm. will be making that minimum wage. The gardener will be making that minimum wage. Mm-hmm. That is the national minimum wage. You don't get to pick and choose who is going to earn that? That's going to be discrimination. We'll have another lawsuit on our hands that on, on something that seems so very ill-advised. Let me ask you a question, and, caller. 
You said that, um, I mean, I don't know what you currently pay your helper, but say the minimum wage is now $6 an hour. Say you're paying her $7.50 an hour for argument's sake, right? Mm -hmm. And if the minimum wage goes up to $8 an hour or $9 an hour, you said you're not going to pay her more. So what's your solution? I'm going to cut her hours, hmm. which puts her in a worse position because mm -hmm. then I'm going to be, she's going to have to contribute to her pension. At present, my helper is, I would say, well above the current minimum wage. Mm -hmm. um, she's not complaining. I am. I am shopping in the same grocery store that my helper shopping in. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do have access to more income, but in a lot of in instances, percentage-wise, mm -hmm. some of these people are better than their employers. My nanny takes home one hundred percent of her salary. I don't take home one hundred percent of my salary. The amount to mm -hmm. me is, is, is not even important. She takes home one. 100%. Right. I don't get that benefit, mm -hmm. right? So if we want to, and, and, and then again, by default, this is not a knock against anybody or discrimination against anybody. My helper is a work permit holder. Mm -hmm. Let me be clear. By far and large, the minimum wage workers tend to be work permit holders. Who are we increasing this minimum wage for? These people are currently working at minimum wage, mm -hmm. they're repatriating that we definitively know, we've done the statistics on this, somewhere between 50 and 65% of their income currently at $6 mm -hmm. an hour. How is this increase meant to help our society? What, what, how, how will this allow them to reinvest into this society? It won't. It won't. The cashier is going to be earning eight dollars an hour, nine dollars an hour, whatever the proposal is. Guess what? Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Foster's isn't going to absorb the loss. Mr. Kirk isn't going to absorb the loss. Uh, Esso, Rubin, they aren't going to absorb the loss. Mm -hmm. Milk is going to now be ten dollars a gallon, and gas will be fifteen. We are creating an absolute. We are importing poverty mm -hmm. on every level. And the worst part is you all, but not you all directly, but they can't even ensure compliance with the current minimum wage. Mm -hmm. And they are and they're well aware of the existing exploitation of workers. No. Andrew can tell you. Mm. She can, oh, God. Sure it's ridiculous. Yeah. How many people are saying, I'm earning $5 an hour. Mm -hmm. Who's looking at this? I pay my nanny by bank transfer every month. You know why? Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody knocking at my door saying that I have any labor infringement or infraction. Mm -hmm. And if I have a query or concern, I send an email there. I don't want to find myself on the wrong side of the law, nor mm -hmm. do I want her to be in a situation where she is being exploited. So when the minimum wage increases to whatever it is, like I said, for persons like myself, I don't have a dime more to offer my helper. Mm -hmm. And when you force people backed up against the wall, and I'm sure there are going to be many like me, they're going to do what they need to do. So I have two children, both of whom will be school age as of September 1st. I've got two options. I can use my helper in the morning and tell her, I don't need you for the next four hours, and I will go to a minimum wage. She mm -hmm. will be worse off. I mm -hmm. will have to pay her per every hour that she works. Mm -hmm. And I'll be saving money. I'll be paying her pension. I'll be paying my contribution to her insurance. So uh, who, who are we trying to help? We're, in, we, we're creating, in my opinion, 
for the poverty, where's the, where's the economist that looks at this? Where's the advisory team that, I mean, that can truly look at it? Who well, that, I guess that's why they want, they want people's opinions. They want to hear from people like you. Um, but just that's another quick caller, uh, question caller. One person says, who pays her health insurance? So you're paying health insurance for your domestic 20%. helper as well? 20%. Mm-hmm. I'm covering it at 100% because mm-hmm. I felt like when I employed uh, a helper, I wanted to make sure that I was giving somebody what I felt was a fair wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple like comments said, here. Somebody else says, why stress on domestic helpers? They work hard. Um, any idea, um, Catherine and Maureen, how many work permits we have for domestic helpers? What percentage of the work permit holders do they make up? Yeah, so again, we definitely have that information, but it's an uh-huh. And so I'll make sure that they're able to answer it tonight. And I know you're going to be live streaming um, tonight as well, Sandra. So we'll get you that answer. Uh-huh. One thing I say is what the caller is saying, everything she's saying is valid, right? Uh-huh. Uh, those concerns. And what we saw, we had a specific survey that went out for household employers. Uh-huh. And the majority of them came back and saying exactly what she said in regards to what they're paying now, which is uh-huh. they're already paying most in most cases above. Uh-huh. Um, the minimum wage. And so, you know, and the, and the considerations of if it goes up, how much can, let's say, you know, and, and we had an anecdote come in about a young Caymanian mom who is like, I can't work if I can't pay my, you know, I can't pay my helper. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a bit of a cycle. So all of that is being considered. And, and I know based on what the caller is saying, the concern is well, you know, you change the minimum wage, who's it going to help or how but we actually, as a committee, what's really neat is not just to to focus the the actual number for minimum wage, but to make to say, you know what, maybe if that's something we're considering, that's mm-hmm. something we should step up and support. You know, and and I think one of the the ministers has recently said, you know, these are the people who are raising our our young Caymanian children. You know, and they mm-hmm. leave the Pension and there's a lot of comments that have been happening on this. Um, mm-hmm. And so the cut the committee is not just looking at mm-hmm. value, but also the policies around it to make sure that Caymanians, expats, workers, business employers, everybody at least finds some protection in the policies we're putting forward along with mm-hmm. that. Right. So a couple more comments, um, caller. This person says, but miss. Every day things are going up. Have you seen the price of a one bedroom that you have to share everything? So even for your domestic, I think her point is even for the domestic workers, the price of everything is going up for them as well. So they're they're feeling that, the pinch of inflation. Yeah. And that's incredibly and that's inc- an incredibly valid comment. But yes. what people don't seem to realize is that employers have to shop at the same grocery store as you. We have to pay the same CUC as you. Yes, our bills may be, yes, our salaries may be more, but our expenses are always, by default, going to be higher mm-hmm. than yours. And not just a little. Mm-hmm. Ridiculously higher than yours. But to that, just kind of way this topic crumbles. And instead of the emphasis being on how we can, how we can attract proper, how we can attract um, more of a, of a high, higher caliber slash quality. And this is by no stretch me saying, oh, that we don't value minimum wage workers. 
they are the fabric of every society. I just want to stress that. But mm-hmm. the reality is these fees are going to continue to go up. To go up. Mm-hmm. And yes, I hear the cost of a one-bedroom. But in reality, if I am doing my math, and forgive me, I'm terrible at math, and I'm just going to eye the $8 an hour wage, mm-hmm. 8 by 45, that's 360 per week, mm-hmm. right? The average working month. Um, I'm going to just do it by four. That's fourteen forty. Mm-hmm. They're still going to have to share a bedroom, and mm-hmm. they're still going to have to pay pension. They're still going to have to contribute to insurance. Mm-hmm. You're putting them. You're putting them in a worse position because guess what? The 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 one bedroom that they're sharing right now, which is what they would have done if they were earning three thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. I will tell you that. Um, simply because their priority is not to reinvest into this society, their priority is to build their life where they're coming from in a lot of instances. The persons mm-hmm. that we tend to see, and again, this is not me saying, well, they shouldn't repatriate their money. No, they came here for a purpose and they're, mm-hmm. and they're seeing true to that purpose, right? So they have their children, maybe elderly parents or whatever, and that's not for me to judge what they should be doing with their money. Mm-hmm. But I have no option to spend my money here. I have no choice but to reinvest my dollars here. I don't have any other option to build a life or things elsewhere. I have to do it here. So they're on the current minimum wage. Some, forgive me. Some of the minimum wage workers that are coming here are the current minimum wage that they're earning per hour is sometimes more than what they would earn for a month. Again, when they're saying to say that as bad as we think it is, I personally cannot see how increasing it is going to, to benefit. It is going to completely obliterate the middle class. And it's going to create a crisis, for lack of better wording. I mm. mean, for somebody like me, I have the ability to work from home. I have a wonderful employer. And if I said to him, listen, my back's against the wall. Mm-hmm. I can't afford a nanny. Um, I'm going to have to work from home uh, from at uh, uh, 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. because I've got to get my kids from school and uh, so I'm going to be working from home that I won't need a nanny. I'm calling somebody who's willing to come and clean for me for the same minimum wage for mm-hmm. a few hours, iron, uh, whatever needs to be done. How is this beneficial to the current minimum wage worker? And I don't think okay. that that has we been do, full of Yeah. Right. We do have another caller. Um, so leave us there with those comments. I think they, uh, they've gotten your point. Thank you very much, caller. All right. Thank you. All right. We do have another caller in the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning, morning. ladies. Good morning. Hi. Um, I, I have taken the one of the surveys that was um, posted online. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought I'd call in and share my opinion on it. And I just wanted to piggyback off of the previous caller, the, the lady who was just speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, I, I, I really think that it, it, it's an overreach of government to mandate that a person must pay someone else a certain amount. Hmm. I do believe that the government's role when it comes to employers and employees is just to enforce contracts. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't uh, believe not, in minimum wage at all is what you're saying? I don't. You're not supposed to live on a minimum wage. I mean, people want to, I mean, I hear people crying and talking about yes. minimum wage, raise the minimum wage. 
you're not supposed to live on a minimum wage. Mm-hmm. A minimum wage, a quote-unquote minimum wage, is really for those entry-level people, like young people, children, teenagers who are coming into the workforce for them to learn like work skills, mm-hmm. and really for those who are retired and are just looking for something to do. What the last comment, what the last caller was saying, who does this help? Who does this benefit? Mm. Is it those who send home remittances? Those of us who live here are the ones who are going to feel it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't think that minimum wage is the answer. Mm. I don't think any minimum wage is the answer. So um, so the cost of living crisis that's happening here in Cayman, I remember when they were talking about the minimum wage years ago. And I remember commenting on Facebook about it, saying that what's going to happen is, this was years ago, what's going to happen is that when you bring in that minimum wage, you're going to see years later, oh, well, the minimum wage is not enough because the price of everything goes up. And sure enough, here we are talking about raising the minimum wage. Mm -hmm. For those who may not, for those who are listening who may not understand what a minimum wage does or what an increase to a minimum wage does, right? Mm -hmm. Again, I've, I've called in your show before, Sandra, and I've given mm-hmm. this example, and I'll give it again. Say I own a store, mm-hmm. and I have three people. I employ three people. I have one who stocks shelves. One is on the cashier. One is on the, on the crash register. And I have one who cleans the floor, mm-hmm. right? The government comes in, and the government says, oh, no, well, you can't pay them what you're paying them. You have to pay them this minimum amount. Scenario number one. I keep all my employees and I just pass that price on, that increase in cost to the consumers of my store. So that $3 loaf of bread now goes up to $4. That $3 gallon of milk now goes up to $5. That $4 dozen of eggs now goes up to $6, right? Mm-hmm. And what happens there is I lose business because now there are going to be some people who are going to look at the price increase and say, my God, I can't afford to pay $4 for a loaf of bread or $7 for a dozen eggs. Mm-hmm. And so I lose business and people can't afford to eat. But that's scenario one. Scenario number two, I say, well, government says I have to pay, so I'm going to look at my three employees. And I'm going to fire, let's say, the um, the one who cleans the floor. And I just distribute his duties to the other mm-hmm. remaining two employees, right, to justify the increase in pay. And not only that, I won't be able to afford to hire other people, which potentially, and when you multiply that by other people who are owning other stores and other businesses, it increases unemployment. That's scenario number two. Scenario number three, I keep all my employees, but then I cut their hours or I cut their benefits and Mm -hmm. look at what's happening at places like Palm Heights. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a different model, Mm -hmm. but you're going to see more and more of that, Mm. right? And I, and I wonder if we're going to have, just to that point, caller, I mean, you know, increasing the minimum wage is fine, but what are we going to do on the enforcement side to actually ensure that people are actually paying it? Someone in the comment section says, uh, well, what about companies who are not paying the minimum wage or companies who right now um, are doing that? There are people who are importing people in and pay nothing, you know, because they just take out a work permit and then they're left to fend on their own. And those people take whatever they can take, which could very well be. Um, beneath the minimum wage, because as far as immigration is concerned or WORC is concerned, um, they have on file that this particular person has a work permit for them when in fact that they don't. So they're out there trying to pick up days work here, there and everywhere. And only God knows, you know, what they're doing for that. Some people are literally prostituting um, to try to make ends meet. So I think enforcement is a really, really big 
um, factor here, even currently, but definitely if you're planning on increasing the minimum wage, you better make sure you hire some more enforcement officers. You beat me to it. You beat me to that point. I was going to make that point as well. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just going to make it worse. I mean, and then you have a, my, my last scenario. You'll find maybe the one or two employers who will absorb that cost, right? But then that sort of defeats, defeats the purpose of going into business. I went into business to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you And if you are, I might say, okay, I might feel generous and all right, I'll pay it and I'll keep my employees. But then how long can I do that? Mm. And then if the minimum wage goes up again and I don't increase anything else or I don't engage in any of the other scenarios that I mentioned, mm-hmm. it sort of defeats the purpose of going into business. I go out of business. Let, let me, um, let in me throw. Opinion, uh-huh. Sorry. In my opinion, the minimum wage should be $0. The fair wage is whatever people agree to work for. Mm-hmm. It is in my interest as an employer to make sure that my employees feel valued. So, if I have employer, employees who are doing good work and I have competition down the road who has employees, and I, don't want, I, would, I wouldn't want to lose my employee to that other thing. So it's for me now to make sure that my employees are happy with me. Mm-hmm. And if that means increasing their pay, increasing the pay. But that, it, that should be between me and my employee. Mm-hmm. That should not be between me. That should not be the government mandating that I have to do. Because whenever the government overreaches, it always results in inefficiencies in the market. And the ones who live here not the one who send the remittances home, even though they're the ones who are feeling it too. But mm-hmm. it's us who us Caymanians who live here are the ones who are going to suffer. Mm. All right. So wh- what about um, people who will say that, listen, you know, the reason why you have a minimum wage is to at least guarantee some sort of uh, minimum equity in the system, e- even if it's not, as you say, um, you know, a livable wage or what the market you know, could or should really be bearing, at least you're not allowing things to drop below the poverty level or um, I don't even know the minimum wage. Sandra, the solution for that, Sandra, in my honest opinion, and mm-hmm. people are not going to hear it and people are going to think, Cayman needs to bring in some form of taxation. We do. Some form of direct taxation. And especially for those people mm-hmm. who are coming in overseas and who are investing from overseas. People may not know. Well, I guess people do know because people talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you know that somebody who, some millionaire, billionaire, whatnot, can can buy their citizenship here if they just invest a certain amount of money here in Cayman? Mm-hmm. If they come and they buy up properties, what does that do to the price of properties across Cayman? Mm-hmm. It increases. It increases the price. So now me, now little old Caymanian me, can't buy a piece of land now because the value has gone up so much because we have all of this foreign investment. We have mm-hmm. people coming in. You hear Kenneth Bryan, you hear people all over talking about bringing more rich people, bringing more development, bringing more high class people, which I kind of understand that. But what effect is that having? I don't think raising the minimum wage is, is even a band-aid to the solution. Mm. Right? It's just going to make it worse. I, I really think mm-hmm. in order to offer some sort, some form of safety net mm-hmm. for people is to bring in some form of taxation. I don't think that hmm. we can get, we're just kicking the can down the road. Right. And I really think that that is what it takes. So okay. Thank you, I'm going to, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Mm, some food for thought. Um, in terms of direct taxation, though, I do have a question in relation to that. Um, show me a country that has um, direct taxation where their people still don't have minimum wage and they still don't feel like the system actually isn't working for them. Look at Canada. I mean, Canada has one of the highest direct income tax rates probably in the entire world. 
Um, you know, recently I was telling you guys, we had some um, Canadian folks visiting from overseas and they were talking about the system there. And they were saying when they sit down and calculate all the different types of taxes in Canada, it's about 70% of what they make will be paid back in taxes to the government between income taxes, property taxes, sales tax, you know, all these different types of taxes, right? 70, 75%. So you're taking home, your real take home is 25% after you paid all of that. And they're still complaining about healthcare. They are still complaining about, you know, um, people applying for uh, benefits and they get the, the right to die benefit quicker than they get the assistance to be able to live. <laughs> you know, they've uh, importing, you know, foreign workers who um, the government has brought in as refugees and then they're homeless on the streets because after the year of sponsorship from the government, um, there's nothing there to really support into system. So it's it's a hot mess. Let's read um, some of your comments as well. Do call in if you have an opinion on this, 936-2626. Um, RD says, I feel a little bit positive. This was in relation to the female caller. I feel a little bit positive to know that there's someone out there who sees the bigger picture. The caller is a breath of fresh air. Um, people were asking about pension and so on, um, you know, uh, Ms. Renita says, thank you, caller. RD says, in the Cayman economy, any increase in costs are passed on to the consumer. So asking for an increase in the minimum wage means that every business that has to adjust salaries will adjust prices. I just want to take a quick second, Sandra, to respond to that, because one of the things that we did see, the Chamber of Commerce did its own survey as well. Mm -hmm all of its businesses. And in the business employer survey that we sent out as well, one of the questions asked was, if we were to increase it by X number versus X number, what would be the implications on your business, right? And there's a certain threshold where businesses identified, if you go beyond this, we will need to find that somewhere. And that's when the cost will be passed on to the uh -huh. consumer or this, you know, whoever's using a service. Uh -huh. Um, and but then there is a, a, a bandwidth in which these businesses understand, you know, minimum wage was set in 2015, hasn't changed in seven years. There uh -huh. is um, and at least in, in healthier businesses to absorb that and not have it passed on. So uh -huh. we that when we're looking at, what you know, should be to try our best to help mitigate, you know, what that caller is saying and uh -huh. you know, Concerns are around well, increased prices for everything, increased minimum wage. So yeah. we're doing our best on that. Yeah, and that's also why. Yeah, we've we've got a caller on the line that we're getting a little bit of feedback on. So let's go ahead and bring that caller in. Caller, good morning. Hello, morning. Morning there. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, I just got a quick question. Um, will there is there any law? that is going to be put in place the mm -hmm. people that are willing to work less than the minimum wage because turning it around now from 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 the from the previous callers that what you had to saying that if, if the minimum wage would have been too much right but is there any law if somebody said well all right i give you i give an employer said well i give you a piece of paper you sign that yeah, normally that, that defeats the purpose of having a minimum wage <laughs> I, think, I know, but what I'm saying, the point is that that's, that's going on. Now, now yeah. I know, but if that's if that not going on, that's going on because that, that, that is how come all the scalp labor is happening. Yeah. But people are willing to do that just to get the job. Right. Because the person, the employer says, well, I can't pay, I can't pay no more, no more than mm -hmm. X amount. And the person agreed to work with it. So is, mm -hmm. will there be, will there be a law that, 
that are that are stopping people from doing that. Well, that, that's already the law, except this. in instances that are exempted, such as gratuity schemes and so on. The law is you have to pay minimum wage. There's no exemption from the law. So people who are doing that are simply breaking the law and knowing that there's probably little enforcement, they're getting away with it. Well, I should say, I should say, well, will there be more enforcement? Should be my, uh, right. well, should be my question. <laughs> that's the real it's, question. It's a, it's a hard, it's a hard, um, it's a hard thing to do to keep in, um, with the, with the minimum wage because mm -hmm. the inflation and the cost of living gonna keep on, gonna keep on creeping up also, you know? So, all right, then. Listen Thank you so much. Question. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, my dear. Some really good questions and comments. I just want to get to a few of the um, online comments. Um, so we have um, Kevron that says, yes, but there should be a livable wage being paid for these full-time jobs. It's going to suck for prices to uh, increase, but people deserve to live on their wage instead of being paid slave wages. Um, Damien says inflation has gone up for years, but not the salaries. The minister's salaries went up also. Uh, Morna says, Sandy, in my days working in tourism in the tourism industry for 30 odd years, and we never had any problems with our gratuities and our pay, it should be the same way still. It was from the beginning, we should be, from the beginning, so should be to the end. When when wage goes up and the cost of living goes up too, we really need to fix it. Sad but true, just saying. I'm not quite sure. Are you for minimum wage? Or <laughs> I wasn't quite sure on that one, Miss Morna. Um, Vicky says everyone pays bills too, including helpers. Renee says, what about someone getting less than minimum wage? Like we just said, that's actually against the law unless it's a approved exemption, such as people who are, um, you know, in the gratuity scheme. Owen says, stop talking rubbish lady to the female crawler from earlier. Debbie says it's against the law and should be reported. Vicky says $800 for rent and you have to share someplace. Don't even fit to live in, but because we can afford to pay $1,500 slash 2G for an apartment. Um, Donnie says, isn't minimum wage supposed to be evaluated according to the cost of living? The person is supposed to be able to pay at least a humble rent and food without resorting to seeking other illicit ways to survive. So what are some of the factors that you take into consideration when looking at what the minimum wage should be? Uh, well, we do take, we're taking all sectors, age, gender, we're taking skill sets, we're taking cost of living, we, we're taking a myriad of things into consideration. Mm -hmm. And while Maureen, as Maureen said, though her all of her concerns are very, very valid. And that is why we've taken such a such a, I guess, a aggressive report, approach to it to send out their personnel to do home surveys. We've through the ESO, but also through our actual um, research methodology, we've sent out two different business surveys. The, the business community has been overwhelmed by the surveys that we've sent out because we do, we were really, you know, we really needed to know 
and have that, you know, that information and the data necessary to do a proper analysis. And that's also why we sent out the five surveys to the public and we pushed for it on all the radio stations, including yours, to make sure that everyone had the same exact opportunity. Anyone who uses social media, who's on the internet, had the same exact opportunity to take those surveys and make sure that they gave all the data that they possibly could and the answers and what they could afford to pay their helpers. And that's also why tonight we're doing the town hall. So if they haven't had the chance to take the surveys, either if they're an employer, a business owner, or uh, a household employer, or a domestic helper, or anything, anyone, please come out to tonight's town hall meeting at the Servassel Hall at 6.30 p.m. That's the UCCI campus next to the Truman Bodden Sports Complex. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important. And we've been pushing this out you know, for, for months now to make sure that everyone who is not just the ones that we're trying to, you know, may recommend the minimum, a new minimum wage for, but the people who mm-hmm. are minimum wage, that everyone who feels vulnerable is going to have their voice heard and the data collected so that we can make the proper recommendations. Mm-hmm. When it comes to cost of living, just to identify what that caller was asking or the, the comment, mm-hmm. one so office did do and i know mr hurlston on another interview shared it is determine what would be considered a poverty line in Cayman, right mm-hmm. what dollar per hour value would mean that if you're getting paid less than that on average based on the the basket of goods survey that they do which looks at you know cost prices at the um at the grocery store mm-hmm. average rent insurance other general costs that a person would have what would that dollar value be and that number came out to 650 per hour. I can share that because it had been shared before. Um, and, and there's deeper analysis on that. But it, to know that, you know, I, I think setting a minimum wage is about protecting those who are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So if, if we know now that the poverty line in Cayman or that poverty wage is 650 um, and for cost of living based on where mm-hmm. we live and environment, with a, a new dollar value that's above that. So we are looking at cost of living and the ESO has done a lot of deep dive work on what that number is. Hmm. We do have a caller on the phone. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning, Sandy. Morning. Um, from what your guest just said about the $650 an hour, mm-hmm. uh, I think $6 is definitely poverty, poverty level. Mm-hmm. I don't know how one can really survive on this island on six dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just to, just to pay for basics. Period. Right. Um, also, the earlier caller, the lady, speaking of her domestic helper, mm-hmm. and whether it's a domestic helper or a nanny, um, you know, we pay for what we get, and how much value do we put on our children? Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen domestic helpers. Um, well, I could call them nannies with young children out and about, and mm-hmm. they're not really even paying any attention to the children because they're a, a couple of the domestic helpers slash nannies or a group of domestic helpers slash nannies out and about shopping or just spending time. Um, Carla, can I just pause you there for one quick second? You know what sure. the irony of that situation is though? A lot of those people are the ones who are getting paid more. Let me let me give you an example. I saw um, this was last year. I saw a situation at CIS where this nanny was sitting there on her phone, 
talking to whoever, having a private conversation. The poor little boy was running around tormenting a chicken and her babies. And I had to step in and say, hey, what are you doing? Leave those baby chicks alone. And she's sitting there like, you know, totally oblivious to him. And I'm pretty sure she's not making $6 an hour. She's got a car to drive, probably making, you know, $12, $15 an hour. And she is still letting that child run around like he has zero cents at all. So I hear what you're saying, but just because you're paying someone above minimum wage, especially when it comes to childcare, doesn't mean that when they're out and about, like you said, shopping with their friends, that they really care that much more about your kids even. Well, I, I mean, I, the whole domestic that, situation is a whole other, you know. Yes, that, that's where a parent really needs to grab, grab hold and take notice and, and uh, try to... The problem. Mm -hmm. Um, but but again, I'm just saying, six dollars an hour for a man? No, I'm sorry. I think there's people here at six dollars an hour, and they are really pushed um, mm -hmm. at, at more than what they need to be doing or should be doing. Four dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with the honest day's work and a right. honest day's pay, but six dollars an hour doesn't cut it. Yeah. I offer an increase in minimum wage. Yes. Is this astronomical? No way. Yes. I have a picture in my head, and it's, I think it's very, very reasonable. And, um, you know, not everybody would agree to mm -hmm. my, my thought about the minimum wage increase, but there has to be. Mm -hmm. with, with everything that has gone up, and yes, there will be things going up even more so, but we can't keep keep on going the way it's going and expect people to make dollars an hour. I'm sorry. Thank you so much, Carla. One thing that yeah. no one has touched on yet, and I don't know, I mean, this is not, um, I suppose some people will say it's not directly to, related to minimum wage, but um, no one should be looking to stay in the minimum wage realm. Like minimum wage should be maybe a starting point in life, but you shouldn't be staying Thank there. You. And the only way that you don't stay there is, is if you have something more to offer to an employer. So mm -hmm. even if the minimum wage was $100 an hour, right? If you're currently in minimum wage and you're doing nothing to help yourself, you will always be a minimum wage earner, regardless of what you do. So I think people also need to start recognizing and accepting the fact that um, minimum wage isn't your goal. <laughs> that should be someplace that you, if you can help it, never get there. So, you know, do well in school, kids. Look, pay attention now. We're having this minimum wage discussion. You know, make sure you've got good grades in school. You get a university degree. Like you do all the things that you need to do. Having said that, I saw Gabby actually posted something a couple of days ago on social media which really made me pause. And it was one of these posts where the person, um, Gabby, I'm just trying to see if I can pull it up because I did screen save it because I wanted to discuss it at some point where someone is asking for a university degree and they're still paying minimum wage. And I thought to myself, oh my God, these people are absolutely out of their minds. You think I'm going to go to university, spend four years out of my life obtaining a bachelor's. I don't care if the bachelor's is in basket weaving. I'm not going to obtain a bachelor's degree in anything and then come down and sit down and work for you for $6 an hour. That is ridiculous. And it says a lot about employers on this island. And I have to wonder, you know, is, is that attitude of certain employers going to change just because we increase the minimum wage or just because the minimum wage exists at all? 
So Hold on, let, me, let me let me bring this up. I want to show you guys this because I thought, um, you know, obviously those of us who have a little bit of sense will look at this and go, this is a work permit renewal. This is someone who really isn't interested in hiring anyone in Cayman on a serious note. They want to import someone in. But here it is. It's an admin assistant for this company called Falco Limited, trading as Falco Admin. So they have someone doing admin and executive secretary services. They're asking for a bachelor's degree with one or two years of experience. And they're going to pay, well, they say salary range six to $8 an hour. I'm like, what? Domestic helpers are making six to $8 an hour. And you want someone who's actually gone to university with a bachelor's degree, which is four years of studying, come back and work for six to $8 an hour. I don't know who Falco Limited is or Falco Admin is, but give me a break. Caller, good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I had to call in again because I heard something that Marie said, or Miss Marie said, and I wanted mm -hmm. to, I, I just wanted her to clarify. Um, you know, she talked about bandwidth, about there being a bandwidth, a threshold over which certain businesses, are, you know, we're comfortable within this restaurant. And she used the term healthier businesses mm -hmm. that would be able to absorb some of that cost. Right. What does she mean by healthier businesses? Well, I can tell you something, caller. Let, let me say... Let me say this. Um, as we're having this conversation this morning, a business owner, and I'm not going to say who she is, but she owns a Caymanian restaurant. She has just said that I'm definitely closing the restaurant. I'm barely making it now. Any increase, because food has gone up. She's you know, trying yeah. to absorb the cost of inflation, food, whatever. Any increase is going to impact her, and she will have no choice but to close her restaurant. And that's going to be unfortunate. you know. And she she's not paying rent. She's able to you know, have a business where, but she just cannot, and the food industry and the restaurant business is a tough one in any event, but, you know, knowing that she's already not paying rent and whatever, and she's still tethering on the edge, any increase right now means that she's going to have to close the restaurant because her restaurant business is already hemorrhaging. So I don't know who's taking the pulse of local businesses to see how many healthy ones we have versus unhealthy ones. Um, well, does anybody collect stats on how many businesses have closed in the last year? The last two years, the last five months. I mean, I know COVID, obviously, a lot of businesses closed. But who in Cayman is actually collating that information as well? I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but it's certainly something that I would like to see. But Sandra, but with the healthier business, with the healthier business comment, right? And this is what I would love for Miss Marie to clarify. I understood that to be the larger businesses. So the Fosters will remain open. The Kirks will remain open. But what about the little mom and pop businesses? What about the small businesses that in mm -hmm. any country are the backbone of any economy? Mm -hmm. So I'll just Miss Marie to address what she meant by healthier business. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, to speak to that follow-up question caller, healthier businesses definitely isn't defined by the larger businesses, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to Mr. Hurlston. I think when we were on with you, Sandra, the first time around, one of the things he said is that minimum wage, a change that is an economic space change is not going to be painless, right? There will be um, mm -hmm. who are impacted negatively. There will be businesses that are impacted in a way where they have to make really tough business decisions. Um, what we're doing based on what the ESO can provide us, because they do get, they do have data on, you know, what, um, I don't know about the number of businesses that have closed over the number of years and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But number changes by this much, then we can expect 10, 15 businesses uh, may close down, right? That, mm -hmm. That's not a quote, quotable number, but it's um, it, we, we are considering that 
but the mm -hmm. process will not be painless. And that's something that Mr. Hurlston identified um, from his experience in 2015 as well, which was the mm -hmm. establishment um, But yeah, I mean, I can understand what the caller is saying, but I want mm -hmm. to clarify healthier does not mean bigger businesses. Right. It just businesses that may have slightly more margin um, mm -hmm. on their to be able to absorb a dollar or whatever it may be. Hmm. So uh, some, some comments here. Vanessa says, exactly. See me with a master's degree making $3,000 a month. Tracy says in 1995, when I worked there, I didn't um, pay for my permit and I got $500 a week. I worked for Miss Beth Queen Bee. May she rest in peace. Uh, Damien says, look at your food costs, serving too much food to please others. You're giving it away. Uh, Jonathan responds to Tracy, says, Cayman is not what it used to be. <laughs> well, that's the world isn't what it used to be. Believe me. Diamond Princess says, I believe these people put that low salary on uh, so Caymanians won't apply. And then people from overseas apply and they have to pay them more. Also, sometimes they already have someone. Siobhan says $3,000 with a master's degree. No, sis, you need a PhD to earn, to earn 3K. What a hot mess. Uh, Nicole says, Auntie Sandy, the preschool pay teachers with bachelor's degrees $6 an hour. Persons are to work 40 hours per week and preschool teachers have to work 50 hours per week and 10 hours, no pay. And I don't know what the rest of that said. Um, Debbie says the reason why locals cannot get jobs is because employers pay way below minimum wages to expats. Uh, again, that's against the law. But by the way, just as a side note, we have the highest um, employment rate right now than we've had, I think, ever. So that's interesting. Um, another comment says, but what Caymanian is applying for domestic helper, though? Majority are work permit holders. Jonathan says, Tracy, I know I've visited lots. We always have Caymanians working in bars for a wage. Tips weren't forced. Um, someone let's, let's turn Caymanian to another Miami. So very sad. So Nita says some businesses that are closing most of their profits gone to pay for permits. Diamond Princess says, and they change the parent, do much money. I don't know what that means. Do so much money. They change the parent? Who's changing the parent? Oh, they charge the parent. My apologies, the parent so much money. Oh, the, the daycare, I think I got it now. <laughs> Damon says, how about... How about how many businesses opened and the shortage of rental units, supply and demand? How many of these businesses are fronts for illegal activities? Lord Jesus. Uh, Vanessa, Auntie Sandy, I think we read that one multiple times. Shoshana says, if you can't afford to pay helpers, simply don't get one. It's selfish to have someone care for one, for our kids, cleaner homes, and you really complain about paying your helpers a decent salary. Whether or not there's a minimum wage increase, the cost of living will increase. Why must some of us employers who will not and can't survive in the salary we're making now, and bear in mind some of us make a decent salary, how can we expect our helpers to survive on minimum wage? You know, I, I mentioned this before, and this is probably a good time to mention it again. Someone was um, saying that they had a conversation with people in Bermuda because, you know, they just have a minimum wage of, I think it's $16 U.S., an hour, which they've just implemented. And um, someone in Cayman was asking one of their Bermuda counterparts, how do you, how do your Bermudians afford to pay $16 to domestic helpers? And they were like, what? People in Bermuda don't have domestic helpers. That's like for the 10, 15% of the upper echelon of society. So those are like the millionaires. 
who can afford to have a helper. And we have to accept that in Cayman, historically, culturally, um, the vast majority of Caymanians have domestic helpers. It's not something that is seen for the ultra-rich. And I think that our societies, despite us having a lot of similarities, our societies and our cultures are still different. So in Bermuda, apparently, they still have grandparents and other people who will assist with their child-rearing. In Cayman, you find that to be far less the case because even the grandparents are out working <laughs> still and hustling and whatever. And if they're not, they're not really interested in raising their grandchildren as well as their own children. Um, so, you know, very, very different situations. So you can't always compare apples to oranges when it just doesn't fit. So Tracy mentioned that in New Zealand, their minimum wage is like $22. I don't know what currency that is, but $22 per hour. Just yesterday, I was having a look at, um, let me see if I can find this article again. This woman who um, is paying $1,600, here we go, 40-year-old is paying $1,600 a month to live in a tiny home by the beach. Um, this is in California. You're not going to guess the size of her tiny home, folks. It is 140 square feet in Santa Monica, sorry, Santa Monica, right? So 140 square feet, to put that in context, is the size of a um, parking spot. Mm -hmm. And she's paying $1,600 a month. It does include utilities, parking, uh, you know, <laughs> and Wi-Fi at $1,600 a month. And she says that was still $600 less than the monthly median for studio apartment in Santa Monica. So she feels like she's saving money. She, on top of it, she pays $236 for a storage unit to store the stuff that her 140 square feet um, apartment simply does not hold. So she says that this article, and I'll share this with you, CNBC had it, said that the house is smaller than the average size of a parking spot, which is roughly 150 square feet, but it's designed in a way that she says she does not feel cramped. Wow. Pretty uh -huh. interesting. It's, it's, I, I can't even imagine what living 150 square feet would <laughs> feel like, but you know, she's minimalized her life and she's making it work. Um, she said that um, she had, she was spending a lot more. She had a $4,500 a month apartment in New York and she decided to give that up. Um, you know, and she's feeling more grounded and just living her best, most simple life possible. Pretty interesting. Um, you know, when we compare the cost of living and rents, uh, utilities, everything else across the world, I know everyone in Cayman always um, says that we have, you know, the highest in the world or one of the highest, but you'd still be very, very surprised how, in fact, there are a lot of places, even Bermuda is a lot higher um, than, than the Cayman Islands. So we do have another caller in the line. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Hi, Sandy. Minister Brian here. How are you doing? Hey, Minister. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm calling via WhatsApp, so hopefully the connection is good. Uh, I want to firstly say good morning to the two ladies on the show and mm -hmm. congratulate them and the committee for the hard work they've been doing and uh, encourage everybody to go out tonight to voice their concerns and respect to um, their analysis and their report they have to give the cabinet and the government to consider. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you have the conversation, because I'm listening, um, trying to do my part to hear the people's feedback, 
I think there's two parts that we should consider in our analysis as we discuss this as a community and as a country. One is that when comparing um, minimum wage elsewhere, we got to remember that in some of those jurisdictions that we've mentioned, mm -hmm. that they have income tax. So they wouldn't take home mm -hmm. all of their salary. So, for example, in Florida, where it's, you know, $17, $18 an hour, I'm not sure the exact figure, mm -hmm. but, you know, they'll have income tax of maybe 40%. So 40% of their salary is gone. So their salary per hour would probably be 40% less. Yeah. Take home. And just just as just as a quick us. note, Minister, in the United States of America, the federal minimum wage is seven dollars and twenty-five cents per hour. Um, there are individual states who have decided to increase that, but that is the federal minimum wage, seven twenty-five US dollar. Just FYI. Okay. So yeah, so so the, the another factor to consider when comparing other jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. Another factor to consider is obviously the cost of living in other jurisdictions. So mm -hmm. your money can go a whole lot farther in another jurisdiction. I'm currently in the UK right now, and you can go to the UK with with a hundred pounds, which is almost the equivalent to a hundred dollars CI right now, and go home with groceries for, for two and a half weeks. Um, we could never do that in Cayman with a hundred dollars. Um, so when you consider these factors, we should always see that there are apples for apples um, and, and try to factor that in our analysis. And when you give that feedback to the committee so we can get a true reflection of what the public thinks. So I'll just mm -hmm. leave it there. I'm continuing to listen. And I like the fact that there's so much engagement. Um, we, we as politicians need to hear this back from our people so we can see that the report that we get back from the committee is a genuine one of a reflection of what the people believe. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Appreciate it. 936-2626 is a telephone number. And this is a great opportunity to remind people, as the minister said, you can call in on WhatsApp. So some people um, are, you know, overseas like the minister. You don't have to spend any money. We're trying to save you money, not make you spend any more of your money. <laughs> so you can definitely uh, call in via WhatsApp as well. So Morna says, um, Sandy, we then here too, but still can't afford the rent for that little square box for six or $8 an hour, shaking my head. Noel said, this is a joke. He has not called in and said nothing about what's going on with the staff at Palm Heights, but he's calling this morning about minimum wage. <laughs> Speaking to the minister. Um, yes, 936-BOBO is the telephone number. Jonathan says the Cayman Islands is a country as the third um, highest cost of living index in the world. Bermuda and Switzerland is number one and two. Mm, I think the stats I saw the other day, we actually did number six or seven, but I'll try to find that again. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hi, this is Tracy from New Zealand. Hi, Tracy. How are you? Hi. We get twenty-two seventy per hour minimum wage. Mm -hmm. What currency? What currency is that, by the way? That's New, Ze New Zealand dollars. Okay, and what's that equivalent to we, in U.S. We, dollars? I'm not too sure. Oh, okay. But our dollar, like what you, what you, your costs are, mm -hmm. our costs. Mm -hmm. So it's almost dollar for dollar. So I think that um, Cayman needs to up, up their minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Right. You you hit you hit you hit. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Um. So let's have a look here. I'm just looking at the exchange calculator. So she says she thinks it's dollar for dollar. It actually isn't. Uh, one New Zealand dollar is equal fifty cents CI. So, um, so if you're doing, what did she say? $22. 
New Zealand, that would be $10.93 CI. And then US would be even, even less than that. So, you know, you've got to, especially with different currencies. So $22 New Zealand is $13.11 USD. It's actually more. My so $10.93 CI, $22 New Zealand. Okay. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Hi. Sunny. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. Um, you know, I I definitely think we should up the minimum wage, especially mm -hmm. for domestic helpers, because I know of two people right now. In fact. I try to give her one day's work and I, I, I really, I always did my own work mm -hmm. even when I had a, a child small. Mm -hmm. But now that I've gotten older, I, I just have this girl in for one day a week and that is a Saturday. Now, she's working for somebody else and they Sometimes she's there till 12, mm -hmm. 1 o'clock. You're talking about more, more than day slavery. 12, 1 o'clock at night. It's She got to pay bus fare mm -hmm. out of what she gives her, which is $650 a month. $650 mm -hmm. a month. You know, and that lady has um, uh, two, two, small, two small children. One is actually a baby. Now, I think also included in all of this, because you always hear the mothers of these children or this family call, but never or seldom it's the man. What has happened to the man and the responsibility? Mm. Family planning is needed in this island. Mm -hmm. Lot, I, I mean, many years ago, many years ago, many years ago, when I had my, my son, mm -hmm. I had to hold two jobs because my husband is a qualified executive chef come from Europe mm -hmm. but he always wanted to learn to, to to fly that was costing us at that time eighty thousand dollars now I'm in it I was in the tourism business so they were paying more than than they're paying now we were getting eight dollars an hour Mm -hmm. than they paying now. So I had to hold two jobs to help him with his his flying. Now <laughs> he's he's retired and back to to work again. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he, he it it was very hard on us and that was when I made up my mind. Mm -hmm. One child that is it. Because mm -hmm. if I got to hold two jobs now, what gives him the guarantee that he is going to qualify 
and get a commercial license, which he did, and he flew for Cayman Airways alone for 33 and a half years. But the thing is, family planning is needed in this island. My sister had four children. Her eldest one helped to raise the other three, mm-hmm. and then we helped her when we could, when we could afford it. So I'm, I'm glad that I only had one child as much as I love children, but you have to educate them, feed them, um, give them a good education, more than some people do have now. And certainly it's more than what I have gotten because I could not, we could not afford it. So family planning is needed. Mm-hmm. I agree. Family plan. Thank you, Colin. Is needed. Thank you, Miss Sandra. And thank I appreciate you for it. Yes, absolutely. Um, nine three six. We're going to start to wrap things up here. Nine three six two six two six. I mean, you know, everybody's talking about what they can and can't afford. Um, you know, you you maybe can and can't afford a helper. I think for sure you need to really, really contemplate, you know, how how many children you have, because that might determine whether you need a helper or not and how much time, because, you know, these poor helpers, some of them are expected, people are expecting them to mine four or five children, plus do everything else in between. And it's just absolutely unreasonable um, on more levels than one. So I don't have any argument with that part of the conversation. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello, good morning, Sandra. Morning, how are you? Hi, caller. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi. So I just, uh, I, I'm Jonathan. I wrote in about Cayman's position in the world as it pertains to the country and the cost of living. In yes. And mm-hmm. both sources I looked at speak to Cayman being either in the second or the third as it pertains to a country, not a city on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just like to make one point. Mm-hmm. The Cayman, and I'm talking about the Cayman and people here specifically. Mm-hmm. After the last 40 years of the development, some would say overdevelopment of Cayman, mm-hmm. after the last 40 odd years, Cayman still does not have a trade school which school leavers can go to and gain true stakeholdership within the economy. And I'm mentioning this because it points to a lack of our government, our administrations over the decades, doing what is necessary to give Caymanians a true stakeholdership in our economy. And I don't well, think Well, let me, um, can, can I just address that? Because, I mean, I hear people saying this all the time. And we may not have a separate dedicated school just for trades, but we have trade and, uh, you know, qualification opportunities all over the place. In fact, you might remember that when I did the tour at John Gray um, High School, the new school that has just opened up, they have an entire mechanic shop and these kids are being trained. I mean, I was shocked. They're like real cars in there. They're being taught by qualified individuals and how to work on, on vehicles. They had their wrench in hand and they were doing all kinds of stuff under the hood that I was like, whoa, this is so awesome. They have electrical programs. UCCI has tourism programs. They have electrical programs. They, they've launched through the Resembid program um, a number of different things, including solar. So if you're interested in the solar industry, UCCI at no cost, let me be very, very clear, 
at no cost to the students will allow you to go through this European grant that was provided into the millions of dollars will allow Caymanians to go and get trained in these emerging industries. And guess what? You want to know how many Caymanians are showing up? You know how many Caymanians show up initially to, to be there for the picture taken, the first thing, and then can't commit to continuing the program? To me, that's the bigger conversation that we need to have, that when we do have opportunities available, our people are still not motivated enough to take advantage of those opportunities. And that's a sad indictment on us. I have to agree with you that that if that is truly the case, then then that is a sad indictment on Caymanians. I mean, I'm not asking you if that's the case. I'm actually telling you that that's the case. I'm, I'm looking at these programs going, who the heck doesn't take up a free educational opportunity in a trade like solar. That is that is an emerging area, right? They I did solar I, I tourism. Aware of that. You know, and it's I just myself would like to pursue that personally. Even it's, it's, um uh, Mike Mike um what's his name? Mike Miles and his school and his program. Right? I see where he's just partnered with oh gosh, somebody else again. You know, UCCI is doing a partnership with the prison. So even prisoners can now take up trade opportunities so that when they come out of prison, you know, if they want to keep on a straight and narrow path, they now have those opportunities. So I think sometimes where people are looking for excuses to simply not do the right thing, <laughs> you know, it, it's unfortunate, but we need, we need to man and woman up and step up to the plate. Just like I said, if you don't want to make minimum wage the rest of your life, whatever minimum wage is, you've got to improve upon yourself. Okay. But you make a valid point in, in what you're saying there. It, it is disappointing that if that is there. I personally, I was not aware of the mm-hmm. the, the solar uh, the training program. I would like to see, you know, get mm-hmm. it. It, it, it is. It is. But yeah, it's available there. I mean, opportunity to pursue, you know, in the electrical field, gain their knowledge so that they can actually be a business owner as opposed yes. to working for a large company or a mm-hmm. welder or any of the myriad trades that are out there. Yes. I mean, okay, so. Yeah, I, I mean, we've got we've got to prepare. And, and let, let me also say this, right? When it comes to business ownership versus being an entrepreneur, um, a lot of mm-hmm. times they're very different skill set. And my observation in this community um, from the little that I've seen is most people want to be uh, a business owner, but they're not equipped to be a business owner. And so that's why they get out there and they falter. I mean, even if you're an excellent um, carpenter, that doesn't mean that you should own a a business, right? You might be better off working for somebody else and just honing your skill and becoming the best carpenter and commanding top dollar. Because when you work for someone else, you've got to have HR skills. You've got to have communication and marketing skills. You've got to manage a group of people now. You know, you've got to make sure that you're paying your liabilities. So you're paying staff correctly. You're paying pension. You're paying insurance. So, so many companies that we see people running afoul, we're going to talk about after a guest leave here in a bit, we're going to talk about Roy- Royale Medical. That's a perfect example of someone who should not be in business for themselves. But they thought they had it all figured out because he used to work for Dr. Disran. Oh, I've got it all figured out. I'm going to go run. But guess what? He, he's not paying his staff. He doesn't understand. Okay. You go out and buy all this medical equipment and all this stuff that costs money you know, whatever, you've got to pay your bills and your liabilities. And there's a certain way to manage your finances that when you are a worker bee, you don't have to worry about any of that. I I understand that. Yeah. But I think the overriding point, Sandra, is that 
the change that we have seen in the economy in Cayman over the last sort of 40 years is that where you had a majority of Caymanians being stakeholders in their own in our economy, mm-hmm. that has all changed. Um, and while you make valid points in what you're saying, and yes, business administration is part and parcel of that overall equation, the 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 fact that in Cayman, in your own home country. The, the opportunity to be your own business owner, your own entrepreneur, just as yourself. It's not an easy road, nor should it ever be. But there are a lot of obstacles put in the way, particularly when the small guy is always going to be put up against a behemoth who makes it, no matter how much, how good you may be, both administratively and with the actual skill set that you have, make it down there impossible to move forward within any relative field. That that'll give you a good remuneration as a tradesman or a journeyman or a woman mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. matter. Um, yeah. I think that deeper than that, the equation here in Cayman. If you look at let me if you look at the way Cayman used to be, if you look at the representation of of Caymanians themselves ourselves within the tourism industry, if we take a close look at that, we will see a purpose for removal, disavowalment, all true stakeholdership within the tourism industry. Now, that has a lot of negative consequences to the country as a whole. It increases the welfare state. It increases anonymity. It increases a lot of things that are bad for everybody except for very few at the top echelon of the economic scale. And Mm -hmm. I I think that if we look at that, one more thing. Mm-hmm. The gentleman who was speaking before, um, as it pertains to no need for a, a, a minimum wage. Fact is, we have people who coming from a destitute situation, mm-hmm. coming into Cayman to find work, and they are no doubt being predated upon. And I guarantee you, there are people mm-hmm. who would and will come to Cayman and work for more, somewhere around two dollars an hour because it is yes. actually better than their previous experience in their own mother yeah. country. And that's not going to change no. by increasing the minimum wage, I doubt. There will always be those people, unfortunately. But our, our guests do have to... Sword. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, for sure. Our guests do have to for leave, sure. so I want to give them a little bit, um, last few minutes, to just reinforce um, information about their meetings and anything else. You're, you're free to hold on, caller, if you wish, because I do know I have another caller on hold, which will come to after our no, guests have left. But, okay. Thank you so much. All right. Um, Guests, (laughs) Ms. Catherine and Maureen, uh, final comments, please. And and, oh, oh, other caller that's on the line, just reduce your background audio for me. Okay. No, just uh, unfortunately, we've got to jump off at 930, but Mm -hmm. uh, two things. One, we did an absolutely fantastic focus group with Michael Miles' students. There's 20 young Caymanians in the room who are committed to one of his training programs. Um, I think it's Tools for Success. And they gave us their feedback on minimum wage. And what was uh-huh. interesting is their perspective, two key things. One was um, minimum wage. It's not really about the dollar value. They don't uh-huh. starting out at minimum wage, uh-huh. but they're to increasing that to what they would consider a livable wage for mm-hmm. if they perform well, right? So that was one of the interesting things that came from there um, and kind of speaks to what the caller earlier was saying about um, mm-hmm. 
wage versus, you know, progression to a livable wage. And then the second thing was that they, like this caller just mentioned, mm -hmm. they think that trades training and mm -hmm. training for young Caymanians should start really early on. And mm -hmm. you know, programs from when they're 13, 14, 12 years yeah. old, to get them into programs that they can get a, a skilled trade um, or learn coding or whatever it may be to then at least give them something to hold on to as they mm. And so a lot of good information and a lot of that analysis will come out in the focus group. And I'll leave it with Catherine just to talk about the two town halls we have coming up, one tonight. Mm -hmm. and yeah, so the town hall, once again tonight, is at the Sir Vassal Johnson Hall at the UC. Mm -hmm. It is at 6.30 p.m., so we really want to see you all there. And then our second town hall is this Saturday in Cayman Brack mm -hmm. at the Centre, and that will be held from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. And that's a drop-in, so if you can't come for 12, no problem. If you're able to come for, you know, 2 o'clock for 15 minutes and just let us mm -hmm. know then we'd really appreciate hearing from uh, Cayman Brackers, and if anyone can pop over from Little, that'd be great, too. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for a, a quick uh, commercial break. Again, minimum wage is a discussion, folks. Be part of the discussion if you would like for your views to be heard. Um, now is your opportunity to do that. Caller, give me one quick second. I'm going to be right with you after this quick message about littering in the Cayman Islands. I am Heather Bodden, MP for Savannah and a lifelong advocate for the environment. Illegal dumping is a crime, so please take civic pride in our home and put litter where it belongs. If you see someone littering, report it to the Department of Environmental Health on 949-6696. Be a part of the solution, not the pollution. Littering is a crime punishable by a $500 fine or six months in prison. Brought to you by the Beautification Task Force and Ministry of Tourism and Ports. All right, folks, uh, welcome back to the program. We do have a caller patiently waiting. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Hi, not bad. How are you doing? Good. This was for the, um, the guest that you had that just left. Yes. But I just had a, a few questions. I wondered if all of these on this committee mm -hmm. are getting paid. And if they are getting paid, like... What ranges? I think it's I think it's a volunteer committee, but let me just confirm. Um, I'm messaging them right now, but I think they're all volunteers. That's fine. All right. yeah. Like I said, it would be it would be interesting because I know a lot of these committees they get paid, mm -hmm. and they'll say about well, they'll say just type in, but still, you know, what does it work out to over there hours of because I'm quite sure most of them, or if not all of them, they'll have their full-time job. Mm -hmm. you know? Alrighty, that's it for me. Yeah, I'll confirm for you. Not a problem. No problem. All right, thanks Bye. very much. Bye-bye. Okay, 936-BOBO is the telephone number. A um, couple other comments that were trickling in. Um, this person says, but Sandy, I hear you saying helpers make $6 an hour in Cayman, and that's not accurate because when minimum wage was first introduced years ago, helpers were saying that they made much more than that. So even they don't know who made, uh, such low wages. Oh, okay. Um, helpers back then were being paid $10 an hour or more. And it's higher than that now. So what jobs and what industries are paying wages as low as $6 an hour? 
I know some domestic helpers wages are a bit lower if they're living helpers, including meals, but I highly doubt it goes down um, as far as $6 an hour. And I doubt that most helpers are hired as living. So to that caller's point, I think it certainly depends because if you have people who are doing uh, like a day's work and a lot of helpers do this, um, some are doing it completely illegal, but they're going to different people every single day. Those individuals command more because they're not working for any one person full time. So if I go into house number A on a Monday, some of those people are making $10, $15 an hour. So they'll say, hey, I can clean your house for $100 for the day. That's actually about right in terms of the, the going rate. But again, they are jumping from person to person, which is technically against the law and they shouldn't be doing that if they're a Caymanian. Um, so like my last lady, I use Ms. Pam, She's been here for 30 something years. She has Cayman status. So she could do that. And she would come from me. She'd come to me once a week. You know, if I'm paying her $10 an hour, that's only once a week. That's, that's not a significant burden on me because she's not here full time. When you then have to move to a full time situation at that level, you might not be able to afford to pay somebody $10, $15 an hour because it's no longer a day's work. They're coming in every single day sort of thing. Plus you're going to be picking up pension and insurance and other things as well, right? So I think with helpers, it can certainly vary. Um, but yeah, it, it does depend. All right, caller, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy. Morning, love, how are you? I am very good. I had to chime in on your show this morning regarding minimum wage. Mm -hmm. I'm a born Cayman, like you said. Drop in Cayman, other options the greatest jurisdiction mm -hmm. throughout the world. Mm -hmm. I worked. Working at one time, I was about 10 years old. And I can recall working on the dock when we had ships like the Kurt Bride, the Kurt B. When there was no dock, there was just a little piece of rock. And I worked there. This was in the late 60s. Mm -hmm. I was making two seventy five per hour. Mm. I two. That was mm -hmm. a lot of money then. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was my summer job from high school. Mm -hmm. Many years later, I did security work for the first security company, which was formed by Mr. Alan Moore. Mm -hmm. Ned Solomon. This was in 1979. 1979. Mm -hmm. They were paying security guards $5 per hour. You hear me? Mm -hmm. 1979. And today we are paying security guards $6 per hour. Mm -hmm. There's no key money that's going to do security work for $6 an hour. It just cannot cut it. Nobody in the Cayman Islands can achieve anything mm -hmm. for $6 per hour. They cannot even qualify for a loan to build a house or anything. They never will. Not in this lifetime, Sandy. Mm -hmm. So we definitely need to up the minimum wage. That is why we have so many people from other jurisdictions here doing a lot of domestic work. Mm. They can make it on that $6 hour 
but you cannot get a cameraman to do domestic work for six dollars an hour. Mm. We need to we need to change that. Mm. And you will you get a kid that came out of school a year ago mm -hmm. to come and do our labor work for six dollars an hour? No, Sunday, it's not gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They will tell you point that no, I didn't go to school to come out to pay this to be paid six dollars. So we definitely have a serious problem mm. regarding the minimum wage. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes I, back to it goes back to our question: Who is making six dollars now? We need that question answered. That's kind of critical because is it really Caymanians? You know what I'm saying? Is it is it foreign workers? Is it just people in domestic? Is it some construction? I mean, who is it? We need a good fix on who what that person looks like. This is the industry. This is the age. This is the nationality. Work permit holder versus Caymanians. I think that all of that information um, makes a difference. All the information is out there, you know, it's just about of, of somebody going and collating it. Mm -hmm. it's all well, there. yeah, for it's sure. It's all there. It's all there. Yeah. You know, I have a garden now. Mm -hmm. I, I've had this garden over five years now. Mm -hmm. And I, I pay this man $10, $10 hour because. I know what it is to go there and cut grass in full bush in the hot sun. Yeah. Mm. And he he never missed a day when he's supposed to come to come and uh, cut my yard. Mm. Mm. And I, I you know I I respect a man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But again, like I say, Caymanians are not going to work for six dollars per hour. They cannot make it. Mm -hmm. They can't. And until until we address that, we will forever have in all these people from foreign jurisdictions mm -hmm. on permit. Another thing, Sandy, why I got, I got to hear. Mm -hmm. How many kids do you think came out of school this year? Graduated? Uh, gosh. Mm, I don't even know how many kids we have in school. Uh, let me, let me say five, maybe 500. I don't know if I had to guess. Okay. And you had this theme of or more last year. Mm -hmm. How many of them have gone back to school? Boy. I'm going to go at probably 10%. All right. Where? <laughs> 90%. Uh, what are they doing? How many jobs have they gotten? Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell um, you I based can, on yeah, I and what I see some of our young people doing, they're getting jobs and they want to keep them. Well, I know, I know we, we do. We do have some, some ones that are problematic regarding yes. keeping jobs and so forth, so forth, you know. Mm -hmm. But we need to be doing more to cater for our youngsters who are coming out of schools because what will happen is that they'll be left on the, on the mercy of their parents. And you know what happened when we got idle hand? Mm -hmm. Things happen that were not supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. So this is a very crucial point that the government needs to proper address to cater for the Caymanians. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like I cannot comprehend why we have over 20,000 work permits. Can you mm -hmm. answer me that? Mm -hmm. Serious time, Sandy. Yes, my darling. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a good All day. All right. You too.
All right, folks, um, do need to switch gears back from the minimum wage discussion. My apologies. We only get three hours. <laughs> I'm like, what? Only? That is a lot of talking, y'all. Trust and believe. It is a lot, but we got a lot to talk about. So someone just sent me, uh, let me wrap up the conversation before minimum wage guests came on. We were talking about Rashid, what's his name, Jervis? Um, someone just sent me something. You know what happens Why people message me and be like, oh, Sandy, this is a personal matter. Can you take it down? You know why people are doing that? Because they don't want it to get out there that, oh, he owes somebody else money? Uh yeah. Um hmm. Let 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 me get the cause numbers of how many how many people this man owes actually owes money to. Please. I always say this. I call it the Barbara Streisand, not me calling it this. This is actually what it's called, the Barbara Streisand effect. Folks, you are better off, even if you get in the news, right? You are better off saying nothing. Keep your little zip it, right? Have nothing to say. Because once you start contacting CMR, talking foolishness about, oh, this is a little personal matter, Sandy. Um, you know, don't put that up. That's just between us and the school. Honey, child, y'all are going to be called out. How many people does this young man owe money to? Here's another one from 2023. Yeah? Used to work for his employer. So that he resigned his role as an accountant at HLB Berman Fisher. He stopped working days prior to this email. Email logs show that his last email was October 11, 2022. He agreed that he'd pay the firm monies owed and nothing has ever been received to date. So the dude owes this company over $6,950 CI. Lord Jesus. It gets even worse because if I keep going through the cause list, somebody just sent me another one again. Number 33 of 2020. Like I said, your best bet, folks, is to um, have nothing to say. Just zip it. Don't, don't put yourself in a situation. Oh, my God. Y'all are ridiculous. Uh-uh. Pandora's box, not pretty for some of y'all because when you open it, all of your skeletons be falling out in high fashion. My goodness, I don't know what to say about y'all. But once again, I'm going to make the recommendation that you just really try to um, relax yourselves. He has a history, unfortunately, of not paying people. And, you know, the fact that his mother-in-law, for whatever reason, went out of his way to give him a house free and clear of the bank. That was a foolish move on her part because this man, unfortunately, is not going to keep that house. He's going to keep borrowing against it and end up losing that house. Parents, be careful how you how you try to give children their inheritance because some of them not got no sense. Morning, caller. Yeah, morning, Sunday. Uh-huh. It, 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 it's, it's a mystery who, who really makes $6 an hour and came on, you know, because... I want to know who making the complaints because those people may be stuck in a situation where they cannot, you know, be worth more than that. <laughs> mm. I mean, I, I, I personally have um, worked since I was like 12 years old, fosters, let's just say. Um, I've never heard anybody complain about the minimum wage. 
the, the, the cost of living is going to rise anyways, regardless if they raise the minimum wage or not. I'm guessing that maybe they're going to accommodate for people to spend more money for the prices of the goods that are going up. I don't know if that's the case, but is this, a, is this the situation that we need to solve? Or is it the consumer problem? Because I still do believe that it's nothing having to do with the minimum wage problem. No, who is making the $6? I want to know. Well, we all, we all want to know. And they said, I guess we'll soon because, know. Because, yeah, like if you're doing a job, you know your worth and your job and you're going to do your work and you're not going to work for bare minimum. I mean, if I sit here and I'm going to make $100 a day, that's my problem, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to go and value my work for $40 a day to cut it down in half or less, that's, that's also my problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, okay. yeah, this whole entire minimum wage discussion, I don't know who is it going to benefit, but it definitely, it, 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 I mean, yeah, that's a, that's something I don't even like to talk about too much, but I'm not bothered. Okay. All right, my dear. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, what a hot mess. Um, So here's another one for Rashid. Went and mashed up somebody's rental car. Um, Owes them... Uh, over $4,000 plus the rentals. He certainly hasn't bothered to pay that back either. Y'all messy. Good morning, caller. Welcome to Good the program. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning again. Hello, darling. Um, <laughs> what a hot mess. You than me. <laughs> My dear. <laughs> anyway, um, um, the young man there wants to know who makes $6 an hour. Make I tell you, it is some young man. I always love your conversation, but it is some that is even making less. All you got to do is check those condos. Mm. And one particular one, uh, we were talking about that one yesterday. Mm -hmm. They they always put on their work permit, and some Caymanian businesses. Some Caymanian employers mm -hmm. um, that just hiring domestic helpers mm -hmm. or, or, or babysitters, they put on their work permit eight and ten dollars per hour, and you know what they're paying four and five U.S. I know of a cleaning business mm -hmm. that the lady is not even from here. Mm -hmm. And she employ uh, quite a few because some Jamaicans didn't want to work for her for what she was paying them. Quite a few Filipinos for $4 US an hour. Mm -hmm. For you that... So it's a lot of things that is going on in this island that we, the people, don't like it. And we're not speaking up. We're not making noise about it. Some people in other countries have to fight and fight. Some people get killed. I'm not saying to do that. God knows I'm not saying that. But we got to make a stand for what is going on here. We need to make a stand, not only for those foreign workers, because if they could do better in their country, they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be here. So 
pay them a livable wage, especially if you can work them till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Pay them um, a livable wage. Is there, is there some point when the government, including immigration, needs to start turning down these work permits? And th- this is the one, this is the one yes. way in which we can control. Uh, we talk about the fact that we're importing poverty. Um, one way that it can certainly be controlled is when the government says no to these work permits. You want to bring someone yes. in, but you see the people be yes. lying on the work permits. And like I said, the easy fix for this, folks, is for government to say to you, pay your staff through the bank and show us proof that it's gone into their account every single month. Exactly, Sandy. Kill it, I, kill I, it dead I, in the water. Stop allowing people to take advantage of poor people. Just because they're poor does not mean that they should be taken advantage of. That's wrong. Yes, yes. So let's stop the nonsense. Just like Palm Heights, show us the money. Because they're paying workers less than $900 US. And those are people who are working overtime, by the way. Yes, yes, I know. I know I have two friends that are and and that place should be closed down, and we the people should close our place down. Hmm. It can get there, though. Mm. It's gonna get there mm-hmm. because somebody is going to say enough is enough, and that's who I would want to join. Mm-hmm. Well, I might yep. just do so myself. Yes, my love. Yes, Thank my you. love. I close my my mouth for the day now. <laughs> Appreciate it. And I wish you a good day and God's blessings. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, 936 Bobo is uh, the telephone number. I tell you, some days all I can do is shake my head, honey, chill. I tell you. Mm-mm. No, sir. Oh, boy. Yes, caller. Oh, that's the other phone ringing. Oh, good morning, caller. How are you doing? Morning. Morning, Sandy. You see? What I keep thinking, I keep thinking about this, right? Because as you know, I am all for increase of minimum wage. Uh Yes, and like that lady said, there's a lot of people out there that are making it because they can't know better do. Yes. Now, this is my thought. Mm-hmm. With working with um, sometimes immigration work and stuff like that, why don't government put education out there? They can start with pamphlets. Uh, I mean, a piece of the application mm-hmm. um, onto you know permits that they're coming in. People are coming in so that people will make sure they know the laws, so that if they've been mistreated, that it should be not tolerated. Mm. Secondly, we need a hotline. Mm-hmm. They need an anonymous hotline that people, our our workers, can make um, calls and report these employers that are not treating them right. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the sad thing is, here, most of the people, and this is a sad indictment, right? Most of the people who you find um, are being taken advantage of they are still happier being here and being taken advantage of than just going back home. Isn't that sad? Which, which for the record, let me say this, as much as y'all want to complain about how bad Cayman is and the cost of living or whatever, people are still literally 
dying and putting themselves at a disadvantage to be able to come here and be here. That still says to me, this is one of the best places in the world. I don't care what y'all want to say. Because why? Why, why would you go in another? I always said this. Listen, I lived in another man's country. And I always said this. I am not going to go to another man's country and suffer more than I would in my own country. Well, I did for a time as a student because I had the end goal of getting an education. And so I suffered. Right. That was the sacrifice. But I, yes, I knew that this sacrifice, not knowing where my meal coming from, whatever, it was only temporary. I just had to work long enough to get that first piece of paper in my hand. And then I was like, okay, I am ready. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't understand why people come and, and, and accept that kind of treatment. I mean, I'm talking from a Caymanian point of view. Yeah. We don't go to places and be treated like that. Like mm-hmm. you said, we don't normally leave. Our well, the truth of the matter is we got it too. We got it too good. <laughs> I'm telling you, we got a lot better than we want to realize. I know, but there needs to be ads on the paper. There needs to be, uh, I mean, on the radio, ads when they're putting in their application. These are the things that you do not accept from mm-hmm. any employer. Because I agree that there needs to be. These people, this yes. is wrong. Yeah. Like so many of us, we are not the type of Caymanians that are going to sit down and make people suffer just because it may be hardship somewhere mm-hmm. else. Then we're not going to do that. We're going to be different. So people yes. need to know. And and they need to get jail sentences. They need to mm-hmm. put them in jail when they're treating people wrongly. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I really it really hurts me. And and yes, we do need a minimum raise. Mm-hmm. My I remember my aunties and uh, and grandmother working in the um tourism industry when I was a little girl, and they were making probably and this is forty years ago, forty five mm-hmm. years ago could be. They were making more money mm-hmm. then, four or five years ago, than what the minimum wage is now. So you remember these were these were ladies that sent their children to private school. They could take mm-hmm. trips again. Well, I mean, I don't know because you know I hear my I hear my aunt talking about what she used to make back in the day. And it was paid in in pounds, shillings, or whatever, and it didn't sound like very much. Um, mind you, I mean they were able to make it stretch, I guess, a little bit. But, you know, they made a lot of sacrifices then as well that I think that a lot of our young people now, they don't want to make those sacrifices. They're not interested. Yeah, but yeah, but pounds, shilling, and pence was way back. I mean, well, I mean, but days. still, you know, yeah, I, I forget what she said. I, I forget what she said her take home was in like the 80s and stuff yeah. when she was working yeah. for somebody else. But I mean, you know, things were different there. But um, I tell you, well, what a hot mess. Thank you so much, Carl. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Nine three six Bobo is the telephone number. Um, let's talk about uh, other people who don't want to pay their bills. You guys might remember um, we have talked with this gentleman before on the program. Over from um, what, what's the name of the company again? Um, oh, good grief! Hold on now. Royal Medical. Well, he's being sued again. Lord Jesus. Refusing to pay yet another physician. Remember the last conversation we had with this man? I basically said, sir, you need to come to the conclusion. Oh, you know, Miss Sandy, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to sort it out. I said, no, you're not. You need to come to the conclusion that you're never going to figure this out. You're never going to sort this out. And what you need to do is just close up shop. He can hang on. He can hang on till he has so much debt 
that the, the, from the debt of that business, he's going to fall into the ground. Y'all hear me talk this morning with a caller. Not everybody should be in business for themselves. Take it from me. Y'all don't understand payroll. I see contractors come to me and I say, okay, I need a quote for this, right? The what they send me from QuickBooks, they don't even understand QuickBooks. I said to one guy, who doing your QuickBooks for you? Oh, my 12-year-old daughter. What the? F say what? When you're in business, you have to spend money to make money. That's rule number one. You have to be willing to pay professionals sometimes to provide their services to make you come across as a business, an ongoing concern. Now, um, Kurt over at Royale Medical, you cannot be hiring people. Here's another one. Another lady hired, right? Who you promised to pay her $14,000 per month and you don't pay the woman her money. She complains about getting sporadic payments. This is what the lawsuit says. Okay. Getting sporadic payments um, here, there, and everywhere. Never really got a full month's salary. Payment of which was to be made at the end of each month. Additionally, she was to receive a commission at a rate of 20% for each ultrasound, 20% for each call out, and 5% of labs. And such payments were to be paid on the 15th of the 15th day of the following month. You're not paid those either. <coughs> Sorry. This is what this guy does. Um, she's saying, you know, she's only suing him for $20,000 because that's the limit for summary court and interest. Only God knows how much he probably does really owe her. Listen, once again, if you have no concept of how to run a business, don't take that on. You were a lab technician at Trincade, dude. You don't know anything about running a business. Obviously, you're not willing to learn because everybody has to start somewhere. So I'm not saying that you can't start and, you know, whatever. But getting in the medical professional profession, wanting to run a medical center, ordering all this hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment, getting it on payment plans and whatever, and you're not bringing in enough business to listen. Don't get yourself in trouble, you know, because not everyone will take kindly to you owing them 20, 30, 40, $50,000 or more when it comes to their salary. Remember the last lady? She went to court. She took it to criminal court. Labor had to get involved. And even then he kept promising labor board. He was going to pay. He was going to pay and didn't pay. Hmm? She was able to make her car payments. Her rent was behind. When you put people in a bad predicament because you're not paying them, y'all need to be careful. Because not everybody is going to take kindly to those types of situations. And it doesn't matter if the person is a domestic worker, if they're a con construction worker like we've had here in the program before, or anything else. Pay people their money. Simple. Should be. Hmm. Hot mess. Ay, ay, ay. I tell you. Um, what a mess. Mm -mm. No, sir. 
I tell you what. Oh my gosh, this person says, Alejandro, try and not to try and behave yourself. <laughs> All right, folks, small claims court is there for you. I guess you can take advantage of it. Um, the horrible thing is, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a lot, I think, for people to even go as far as bringing a lawsuit and having to sue you. You know, most, most Caymanians don't, not just most Caymanians, most people in general don't really want to have to do all that. But I guess if you force their hand, they're not going to have much of a choice. Huh. Hot mess. Uh, Leroy says the labor board is a joke. Jonathan, hello. Um, Alicia says when I worked there, they owed me a month's salary until the day from November 2022. So they still owe you for a month's salary? Shall we try to give Kurt a call again? You think if we call him again, it's going to make a difference? Al Ebanks in the house. Good morning, Al, my Leo brother. Um, have you had your birthday yet? Oh, God, I can never remember. Hold on. Let me tell you when Al's birthday is now. Hold on, Al. I think Al is the... I'm the 18th, and Al is... Which day are you, Al? Al always has a fabulous party. Did I get an invite this year? Shall Al be inviting me and all? No. He's like, you're not showing up. The 15th. So his birthday is was yesterday. Happy birthday, Al. Happy belated birthday. Um, yes, he always has a great party for his birthday and shall. I'd be like, I'm coming. And then that night, I was like, oh, I got to put on clothes to go to Al's party. Mm. <laughs> Leroy says, yes, call. All right. Let me see now. I got to put the phone back on Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Oh, Lord. I think my poor my poor iPhone, she kind of slow these days. I'd be pressing buttons and nothing to be going on. She's like, I'm overworked. I'm you're, you're paying me $6 an hour. Leave me alone. You've gotten your money worth out of me for years now trying to upgrade. <laughs> Let me see here now. Um, Connect the Bluetooth. Oh, we don't have to call. We don't. We can call him on um, on WhatsApp. What's his name again? Kurt. Uh, uh, let's see. This dude. answer today honey chill let's see if we can call over at um royal medical you thinking about a working reception do the receptionists get paid let's try them and see if they'll answer the phone but it's really a sad indictment when you have so many people that are not um getting paid you know at this institution i mean kind of crazy when you think about it actually um, let's call their main line, see if anybody's working. Uh-huh. Yeah, 769. 
Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're paying people more than $6 now. Well, obviously they're promising. Royal Medical, good morning. Can I help you? Yes, hi. Good morning. Is Mr. Kirk around? Um, I'm really not sure. Maybe me double check. And your name is, Mom? Yep, it's Sandra. All right, give me one second. Thank you. No problem, Mom. Mm-hmm. Where's my Jeopardy music? Um, yes, Dean says happy belated birthday, dear Mr. Leo. Uh, he's not going to come to the phone, says Leroy. Mm -mm. Al says some people need to study Cayman history. Before we could rub two pennies together, we moved to different countries for a better life. We exploit, we was exploited, but thought it was better for their families. Now things have changed. Exploitation continued upon others. Humans are selfish. There's a lot of truth to that. Listen, the sacrifices that our seamen made to go to sea, that wasn't a pretty situation. You'd be surprised the conditions that some of them might have been subjected to. Uh -huh. Hello, Mom. Yes, ma'am. He's out of office. He's out of office. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, do, you, do you guys have a HR manager or anything there? Uh, she stepped out. Uh-huh. No managers yeah. in at the moment. Any doctors mm. in there? Yeah, doctor is there. A doctor is there. Mm. Oh. All right, my dear. Um, hopefully you're you're getting paid your salary. Mm -hmm. Make sure now. Have a good day. You too, mom. She didn't exactly answer the question. She chuckled. Morning, caller. Good morning, Sunday. Hello, Thank darling. You. How are you? Um, you know, you're totally right about people um, starting a business. They don't realize that it takes more than just working for somebody and seeing that they make money because they're doing it the right way. Yeah. Unfortunately, these, these people that start, they're working for somebody, go and tell their mother and father and parents and family members, how much money this person and and they don't know don't do a feasibility study they don't mm -hmm. have a clue of what um, business entails you know mm -hmm. and and it it is and then it puts the family in in financial difficulties because they go along trying to hope that my son or daughter knows what they're doing mm -hmm. and they they just fail. Clean and simple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, this take a, it, it, it try to take some course, try to further their education so they can start a business. Mm -hmm. And and in relation to you know the the immigrants that come here, mm -hmm. a lot of times Caymanians, especially Caymanians, now it's I'm a Caymanian, they criticize the Filipinos. Mm -hmm. I, I have been to the supermarkets, especially down Friday night, uh, for, for us, like home away, home away from home. And I see these Filipinos got their, they, the Caymanians talk about they don't spend any money. 
I see two or three of these uh, Filipinos got their, their cart packed with groceries. Where do you think that forces give them that money? They spend their money just like everybody else. And actually, mm-hmm. they spend, I've seen them spend more money than, than, than a lot of Caymanians do. Mm-hmm. So people got to stop criticizing and degrading uh, people. They talk about, oh, well, we're a Christian um, island and we're so religious. You know, mm-hmm. if they want to be near to God, they got to be more like him. Mm-hmm. Would God do this? Mm-hmm. No, it, it's so. It is really sad that uh, that my my people have come to this. I remember when I was a child, I came up from humble beginning. I was raised by my grandmother. I didn't know my father until I was fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew of a father. My mother passed away when I was ten years old. So my stepfather, you know, he was just he wasn't educated, but he gave whatever he could, and. I've seen some rough times, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I know what what hard times it's all about. But we, me, the families got together. Mm-hmm. I remember in our neighborhood, at one at one uh, one Christmas, we bought uh, it was about four or five families. They bought about a hundred pounds of of beef. Mm-hmm. Of course, you a hundred pounds <laughs> would probably be. Uh, three, four thousand dollars that they bought it and they cooked that and they preserved it until another because my grandmother we didn't have a fridge. Mm-hmm. So, what we did, she had a, a couple of glass jars, like a gallon size, and she would cook it in her own fat and uh, put the uh, beef down and then pour the oil on top and then more beef and top it up. Mm. And they could, that could last, that beef could last for months. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't let the air touch that. So, the, mm. you know, these are the things. Yeah, a lot of people uh, don't wouldn't do that now mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you think it's spoiled. But once you don't let the air touch the beef, mm-hmm. you just gently scrape off what you need. And you cover it back up, and you go, and you're going clear. You know, so the, these are the things that you know that reminds me the way that the, the Filipinos um, conduct themselves is the way that I was raised up. Yeah. So I can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this is what I was saying even last week when I was having the discussion, folks, about you know CUC. I said, people um, ultimately, you know, there's a saying, came on and say, you must cut your cloth um, to your garment, right? So in other words, you know, don't put your hat higher than, than you can reach. You do what you need to do. If you need to cut back on your expenses to try to make ends meet, then you do that. But what I find is, as of late, we have somehow raised an entire um, generation of people who are not capable of... Um, of doing that, they're not willing to make the necessary sacrifices. Yeah, you know, you got to sacrifice. Listen, I've and, I, and, I've and been I, to the homes of um, Filipino people before. They've they had me on their um, uh, by by an by a by a program, and after I did the interview, they invited me to sit down and eat with them. And I said sure, and you know, it was like you know five and six of them, and they were sharing a single meal, and they they said, Sandy, you know, this is this is how we do it. 
you know, I bring this little dish. Another person brought the chicken dish. One person bring this. And, you know, they pool a lot of their resources as well. That's why a lot of times you'll see them sharing, you know, cars and, and other things yeah. like that. And there's, there's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you do what you have to do. And they understand that they're in this country to, um, you know. Improve, improve themselves. Yeah. But the thing about it is they 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 have the discipline. My wife, Lisa, told me, she said, Dexter, you could be the richest person in the world. Mm -hmm. If you do not have the discipline to manage your finances, you'll be the poorest person. But if you're the poorest person, you have the uh, discipline, you can manage your finances. You become the richest person. Mm-hmm. You know, people are, do not want to sacrifice. We we are born into a, a, an image world. Exception, old Cayman is, is so rich. Mm -hmm. I don't care if if who thinks that I'm rich or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know I can. I can. I can. Mm -hmm. But I don't I go overboard. I don't go overboard and 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 risk risk money that I don't need. Mm. I don't All go right. to Miami every weekend. Mm -hmm. But look, look, coming back to the to the pension, mm -hmm. these guys, that was the most stupid thing in the world that the government let these people pull every penny out. I'm not talking about the people that were leaving the island because they should be getting their, whatever their pension was. Mm -hmm. But the Caymanians, they, they get their pension. And what do they do? To go and buy the latest car, to go to Miami, they go out to the happy hour mm -hmm. and spend four and five hundred dollars, and they don't pay the rent. Mm. It is sad. It is sad. Yep. You know, it, but you got if you don't have the discipline to manage your finances, and mm -hmm. you are you are going to uh, fail. Thank you, caller. Appreciate it. Oh, okay, Sunday. Thank All you. right. Have Bye. a good day. We got another call in the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. Caller. Oh. Let's see. Hi. Good morning, caller. Good morning, caller. Hi, Miss Sunday. Oh, just turn down. Turn down your background radio for me. Yes. Yeah. I. I. I, I do know. Yeah. That was fun sharing that um, evening with you on our show. Oh, you're listening to the program. <laughs> yes. You know, it was definitely um, some additional insight into your community and how you guys work together. And thank yeah. you very much. The food was good. <laughs> we, can, we can always have that again. <laughs> you're going to, yeah, invite me back over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Okay, my dear. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right, folks, 936-2626 is the telephone number. Um, speaking of people who are desperate and thereby probably a little bit gullible, there are a number of scams, folks, that are coming out of um, Jamaica where people are promising you work. And you, listen, I cannot save you from yourselves, right? You have got to ensure, and a lot of people here have family members in Jamaica, spread the word far, near, far in between, that you do not fall for scams like this. So here's another example. This person talking about um, Lechege Hunter, hiring persons interested in working in the Cayman Islands, email your resume to the email address below, 
and WhatsApp or call the number below for more information. Folks, these are scams. They're talking about Housing Solution Limited is hiring plumbers, roofers, bricklayers, all these people they claim that they're hiring um, and they have work for you in the Cayman Islands. Do not fool for, fall for this, right? When you Google Lachey Hunter, she comes up with all kind of stuff, right? Tell me they're looking for graphic designers. Um, uh, listen to me. I need y'all to, to be careful now. And I mean, I read the comment section. Here's another one. We're hiring for the Cayman Islands. Join our team, plumbing technician, admin staff. And see these poor people. Oh, hello. Contact me. I'm very interested. Y'all are going to get scammed. Put in here, scammer alert. Don't contact these people. We're going to contact them here this morning. It says apply now. Normally, they only have a WhatsApp number. If you call them direct, let's try and call them direct. If you call them direct, they don't normally answer because you know, they only have WhatsApp so they can lie to you on WhatsApp. Let's see. I bet you they're not going to answer the phone if we call direct. 5217. We're going to call Jamaica this morning. Scammers all over, honey, Joe. Sorry, but the person see? you have called is unavailable. Right? Please leave a message. After now, if we go back to that same number, let me see if, if does a Samsung phone let you do it. Can I then just press a button? And call them. No, that's text messaging, I think. Hold on here now. How do I get them to call them? What's the thing I hate about this is you have to um ugh, you have to save a number to be able to use the WhatsApp feature, which is uber annoying. Um hmm. all right, let me try them on my other phone and WhatsApp. Because I think does iPhone allow you to now call them? Um, 876-539-5217. Let's see. So you call. Sorry, but the person you have. All right, let me see now. Go back into reset. And then you're able to do. Why don't they just make you call them on WhatsApp? This is so. Um. All right, create a new contact. Ugh. So I got to save them. So let's call them Jamaican scammers. Jamaican scammer employment. So I know I can delete this afterwards on my phone because I really don't want to save these people on my phone. All right. Let's see if we can get a hold of them, honey. Chill. Mm -hmm. um, scammer. All right. Here we go. So they're on WhatsApp. Let's call them from WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're too early. Is it too early for scammers to wake up? Maybe they don't wake up until later on the day. Um, we'll see if we can get a hold of them, folks. But, you know, 
don't, don't fall for it. Vicky says uh, most Caymanians don't cook. They buy lunch every day. One lunch is like $10 or more, especially if you buy a supermarket lunch. That's by the pound. Um, most of them won't buy the 10 pounds bag of chicken. And it's the same chicken the restaurants are cooking. Hmm. Morning, Miss Sue. Are you back from Panama? Welcome back home. Hope you had a nice vacation. Um, okay. Well, look like look like the scammers can't be found today. They're all hiding. Uh, okay. Um, okay. What a hot mess. All right, folks, just don't fall for it. It's a scam. Miss Morna says they're listening to your show. Trust me. <laughs> hot mess. All right, good folks. Um, anything else that we've got that's pressing this morning? Um, let's do a couple announcements while we're at it. Um, WhatsApp now allows you to send messages to yourself. Hmm, how do you do that? But if you have the number, how do you how do you like message or call without actually having to save them? Like I still don't see that option available, which is like super annoying. Uh-huh. Miss Sue says, wow, how can they afford that much? $10 a day is a lot of money. I think that's that's uh, Vicky's point, is that people will spend it on what they want to spend it on and then tell you that they can't afford school fees and they can't afford school supplies and they can't afford their CUC bill, but yet they're spending $10, $15, $20 a day on lunch. You know, if you can afford it, you can spend whatever the hell you want on lunch. That's perfectly fine. How can you send a message to yourself on WhatsApp? What do you mean you can send a message to yourself? How? I don't know nothing about that. So you don't have to create a new contact. WhatsApp will now allow you to send messages to yourself. So you can send yourself a WhatsApp with the number in it. Go, go into the message and then click on it and you'll get a menu, the option to... Oh, so... Hmm. Uh, huh. Okay, that's clearly something I need to get up to speed with. Um, hmm. Hmm. Okay, interesting. All right, this person says, good morning, Sandra. I'm reaching out for help with Royal Bank of Canada. They're doing some practices that are very questionable and overall just criminal. Ooh, good grief. RBC. When were we talking about them recently? Hmm. A lot of people complain about customer service over there, but let's see what this person has to say. Hold on. Let me pull this one up. This is a bit of a long message. So I'll put it on the screen so y'all can read along. Okay. Person goes on to say, um, they are doing some practicing practices that are very questionable and overall just criminal. I know it's not just me and I'm seeking help to get to the bottom of what is, uh, of what they are doing. Okay. Um, I am going to file an official complaint with the Cayman Islands Monetary Authority. From your end, I would like your feedback from the Cayman community. Who else has been threatened through Campbell's law firm acting on behalf of RBC? Oh, Okay. 
I have had upwards of $4,000 sitting in my accounts at times. And when the date comes to my mortgage deduction, they don't take the funds. They go months and not take money. But because the account isn't being monitored, it's missed. Then when other bills are processed, they come months later saying that you're in arrears and have late fees. Wow. When it's the actions of the bank that generate these late fees and customer accounts. I started documenting this odd behavior last year, July, and can show where they are where they were purposely not deducting the mortgages and then sending notices of late fees and interest owed. I really need help as a trying key man with a family to support this injustice has to stop. Wow. That's crazy. I need some proof of this because I need to see this for myself. But in terms of um, generally speaking, in terms of how this works, RBC should be taking out the payments monthly because that's what your contract, your loan agreement says with them. So they should be making the necessary deductions every month. And if for some reason they're late, which I don't know if the process is automated, if it's like somebody manually going in and doing it, but if for some reason they're actually late, that's not your fault. And you as the consumer, as the customer, should not be the one to be penalized for that. So if this is actually happening, I, I'm shocked and surprised. Natasha says, I told you that RBC did this. That, that, that's, what? That's crazy. And they should not be allowed to do it. And then they have the audacity to turn around and threaten you with a lawyer. Are they crazy or are they crazy? Hmm. No, sir. Leroy says, where's the bank in Cayman? Uh, Natasha says, to add further insult, they charge for the service. For what service? For, for paying your mortgage? But how else are you supposed to do it? Most banks in Cayman do not allow you to pay yourself, like pay directly into the mortgage account. So you do keep it like in a, you know, checking account, savings account or whatever, and then they pull out the relevant payment for you. I don't know if any other way really that it's done anymore. Um, oh my God, they need to get it together. During COVID, I discovered that um, Scotia was doing something, not quite that, but apparently again, because of the pandemic and because of the lockdown, it wasn't a loan, it was another, it wasn't a mortgage, it was another loan account. Somebody was trying to pay into it and they were doing it online. Again, not realizing that you can't actually pay into loan account. So although it has an account number and everything, they were sending the electronic funds over. Scotia kept rejecting it, never notified the customer that they were rejecting the payment, right? And then turned around and saying, yes, you're not making a payment. You've got late fees, blah, blah, blah. When the customer finally got to the bottom of it, what it turned out to be is that Scotia does not allow you to pay into loan account from another bank. And they didn't know that. Like it has to be a counter transaction. I listen. I'm confused by this because these banks claim that they are trying to go, um, what do they call themselves? Digital and whatever. How can you be going digital when you're not even allowing people to pay into the account from like an EFT from another bank? That doesn't make any sense to me. That's not the definition of digital. I don't know what that is. Very, very bizarre. I tell you, the things that make you shake your head. So BlackBerry says RBC is notorious for not debiting the loan 
then charge you late fees. They have a mutual system, a manual system, sorry. Therefore, if the employee doesn't click the button to process the payment from the account, then it doesn't get debited. No, so that's no bueno. That's not good at all. Gareth says RBC is the devil of the banks. Lord have mercy. What the thing? I've never banked with RBC. I can't ever even think that I've had an account there. Where, where are they located again, Royal Bank? Um, I can probably count the number of times I've even been in their branch, maybe to like try and cash a check many, many years ago. Now I, I don't think you can do it if you don't have an account there. But are they not the bank that government uses? Aren't they government's bank, Royal Bank? I think so, you know. So that's interesting. I'll reach out to them and see if we can find out. It sounds to me like they need to computerize their systems and get with the 21st century, especially, like I said, when all these commercial banks are trying to force people um, to go digital, do online banking, blah, blah, blah. But what sense does that make if you can't even make your um, your payments online? Hmm. What a hot mess. Um, somebody says they're not government's bank anymore. Oh, they're not? Who's government using? I hope government went to CNB. <laughs> uh, oh, they're not. By KFC downtown and Hurley's. Yes, okay. Uh, yes, they're the bank the CIG uses. I thought they were. Government is moving from Royal Bank. Oh, snaps. What? Mm, who are they moving to? Do tell. Let's get some sus on that. Government is moving from Royal Bank to who? Butterfield? Oh, Jesus. Government, couldn't you have gone to CNB? Like, seriously? Butterfield? Meh. Ugh. Try and go at the bank that most Caymanians are with and that really back for Caymanians. That's not Butterfield, honey, chill. Oh, Lord Jesus. Have you ever tried to call Butterfield if you have a uh, problem logging into their account? Good luck. Five hours later. Hot mess. Um, that's interesting, though. Who knew? The things you can hear right here. This person says, I know someone had a loan with RBC. They paid off the loan and a small amount of interest was outstanding. They kept charging interest and sending late payment notices. Oh, my God. Get it together. All right, folks. That's today's program. I got work to do. Y'all have an absolutely beautiful day. See you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 